Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a Tuesday night edition of the C Report. I'm your host, Mr. C. Today is Tuesday, 6-22-2021. June is almost over. And for those of you who follow this, I believe today is the last day of Mercury retrograde. Ooh, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't believe in that stuff. <laughs> but beware of the shadow where it lasts at least like a week and a half or so. But anyways, we can talk about this some other day, some other time. We got some other things to talk about. We have a kind of light show today. So I hope all of you all are having a great Tuesday. Uh, today is Tuesday, right? <laughs> Just making sure. Okay, uh, let's see here. What do we got? We got, we got, we actually have some interviews today. We'll be, we will be hearing from President Trump. He had an interview on a program on, I think it's a Real America News. A Real America's Voice, and that is uh, he's hanging out around the water cooler with uh, one David Brody. Some pretty interesting information coming from Mr. The Trump, that is our President 45, President Donald J. Trump. Uh, and then also later on, we will be hearing from a Lieutenant General Michael Flynn as he speaks with uh, John Solomon on John Solomon Reports. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all have had the chance to hear either of these interviews. They're pretty good. Um, Flynn goes into China, G7, Biden, Trump, and election uh, election integrity. By that, I mean the audits. So I thought that was pretty fitting for today's show. It's something to look forward to for sure. Uh, but in the meantime, you know how we do here at the C-Report. We uh, will often do our chat recaps. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Let's see what we got going on over here at, all right, we are live on the Foxhole app. We are live at Trovo and we are live at the Twitch. I know it's not necessarily the Twitch, but it's always fun to call it that. Monkey Toes 71. Hey, Monkey Toes. I saw you in the chat last time and the time before. And I have to say, welcome back, Monkey Toes. It has been a while since we've seen you over at the Foxhole, so it's good to have you back. I had to acknowledge that because I missed it the first time. And uh, I know that you were there and uh, everyone was giving you warm wishes, so I thought I would extend a warm welcoming back. Uh, Tanette Booth is in the house. How are you doing, uh, Miss Tanette? It's good to have you in. We were having some fun over there at Loyal's before we got onto the show. So that was good. You know, um, I, I've been able to... Uh, I guess you could say, uh, be in attendance live with some of the uh, Foxhole fam uh, this past week. So that's been kind of nice. And uh, it's always good to check out um, some of the interesting conversations that are happening around uh, the old Foxhole. And uh, that was definitely fun. I got a little bit of an education over there on uh, raisins. And I was actually going to ask about that tonight, to be honest, because... 
Peeled by the Rabbit had been asking me about raisins for at least a couple of shows. So I was, I was about to address that, but it looks like they beat me to it. And hey, all the better, <laughs> I could say. Right to that booth. Okay, so we also got uh, Sherry Pittsburgh. Welcome back to the Searport chat. Cher uh, Sarah, I was going to say Cherry. Sherry Pittsburgh, I hope you're doing well tonight. Looking up. Good to see you as always. Babs, my ice queen. Babs, the ice queen is in the house. Mr. Bruce Banner, how are you, sir? Uh, also enjoyed hearing you chat over at Loyal's just prior to the show. Ooh, boy, man. Every we are a fox a hopping tonight, right? Okay, so Mr. Bruce, um, since I don't know if you saw it in the chat, because I think I might have misspelled your name on accident. You know, when you do that whole at and, and uh, you know, handle, if you misspell it, you don't see the little red highlighted box. Uh, well, uh, it was long about the time that Canadian Patriot Better Lately had said uh, to screen the calls. <laughs> so I always, I told him that honestly, and I actually think I mentioned this on the show last night too. I told him, honestly, I thought that you, Bruce Banner, and the Speak Uneasy were the same person because y'all have the same soothing tones, you know what I mean, vocal tones. Uh, and then one night I saw you guys both on at the same time. I was like, ah, there goes that conspiracy theory. It's out the door. But anyway, sir, it's good to see you tonight in the chat hanging out. Hope you enjoy the show. Pilled by the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to jump to the cookie question now, okay? Because I'm glad I'm glad we had this discussion pilled and Tanette over. And, and I think you were there too. Everyone was there. Yay! The fam's all in the house, right? Um, okay, so you know, uh, as long as the raisins aren't too dry and salty, I think I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> okay, pilled by the rabbit. But um uh, there is there was a question in yesterday's chat in regards to my favorite cookie. Now that's a tough question because I like my cookies, um, but I would have to say probably it's, it's, it's a toss up. It's a toss up between two different cookies. And that would either be white chocolate macadamia nut, fresh out of the oven, nice and gooey and buttery or double chocolate chip chunk you know where it's a chocolate cookie with chocolate chunks and and even better if it has some white chocolate in there too so i probably those are probably my two favorite cookies uh that i can think about right off the top of my head uh, i mean it's like a no-brainer for me i guess but i mean I'm, I'm really quite a big fan of all cookies um it's oh if you throw some like pecans in those cookies or like in the double chocolate chip chunk one there's some pecans or walnuts in there mm. That stuff will hit the spot quite well for me. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I would have to say, what are y'all's favorite cookies? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> and hopefully we'll see if anyone's going to be tossing their cookies. I see Pilled by the Rabbit's already tossing cookies over there. <laughs> Thank you, Pilled by the Rabbit, for the gold pill donation. Most definitely appreciate it. Dry, salty raisins. That's what I'm talking about, Tanette Booth. You know what I mean? Like, if they're dry and they're salty, <laughs> Mr. C don't want none of that. But, uh, you know, if they're a little chewy <laughs> and sweet, I think we can work with that. I think we can work with that. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now I have to bake cookies tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Mr. C is always up for real cookie donations as opposed to gold pill cookie donations. <laughs> always up for that. All right. All right, guys. Let's go ahead. Oh, oh. <laughs> Thank you, Pilled by the Rabbit. <laughs> she just sent me a white chocolate uh, macadamia cookie with nuts. 
<laughs> All right, almost definitely with nuts. Okay, let's get into last week's chat recap. Now, for uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, um, um, foxholers of all ages, uh, just in case, and I know, I know most of y'all are aware, and this can get kind of confusing sometimes. Uh, trust me, last time I was addressing the uh, chat, <laughs> I was reminded, hey, you can't be reading today's chat because you do the chat recap. Now, just a quick recap on the recap. Okay, so I do my chat recaps because uh, quite, I was gonna say quite frankly, quite honestly, I don't always get to address the chat during the report um, because then I just, you know, um, my brain goes crazy and uh, uh a two hour program will become a four or five hour program, right? We got things to do. We got other shows to see. Um, and we have other content creators working hard out there. So I don't want to uh, strip anyone of the joy of having you in their audience or of you participating in other people's audience. So uh, for me to push through my report, I will do a chat recap from the previous episode. So uh, the fun thing about that is um, I might uh, I might select a very interesting conversation that was happening during yesterday's episode and we'll talk about it. Um, uh, something that's kind of boring about that is, you know, you, you might remember this chat from yesterday and it's like, ah, what's the point? We, we had this conversation yesterday. Um, uh, the other thing about that is um, it's, it's also kind of a, like a previously on Mr. C. So that's kind of fun, but you know, cause I, I do enjoy, um, uh, reading through chat and, and, you know, hearing what you all have to say. So I will do a chat recap. So this way, uh, you know, I can kind of, uh, talk with you guys about what was going on. Hopefully no one's bored with that. Uh, and then also address, you know, who's visiting in the room, you know, cause I liked, I like to make sure I get to, to touch on with you guys. So, uh-oh, I think I see a cookie fight start. Oh, Pill by the Rabbit. Okay. Pill by the Rabbit is tossing her cookies. <laughs> I saw these cookies going up and I was like, uh-oh, it's a cookie fight. Um, now you guys have to watch out because sometimes, uh, sometimes our foxhole family will have a food fight. Now, if cans and stuff like that start flow, throwing around, I'd say duck and cover, you know, <laughs> but it happens. Oh, we have, oh, there was yesterday, there was like, there was like almost a six pack flying through the room at one point. So that was kind of fun. Um, that was also, <laughs> everyone was thirsty. Okay. Everyone was thirsty. So it was a good time. It was, no one got hurt in the tossing of those cans. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, if you start tossing ships, that's another story. Someone might get hurt there, but hopefully no one and nothing too seriously. All right. So let's see what we had in yesterday's chat. We had Monkey Toe 71 back in the house and back in the chat yesterday to net booth. The Texan was hanging out. Angel Wings. Angel Wings says the problem is they want the evidence and the proof right in the face instead of looking for it and paying attention. Um, that I think would have to address uh, uh, how I guess, you know, everyone kind of has that, uh, what is it called? They don't want to delay pleasure. They want instant gratification to that point. Uh, you know, it's kind of, sometimes it's either about watching the sound bites or the sound or the, the clips, um, or, you know, like the TikTok. it's like one minute. Like, I think I was on TikTok for a very little while. And I think the only reason why it was successful is because people have such a short attention span. One minute is all they can afford. And what they have like so many minutes in an hour, they can watch as many TikTok videos as they want. And so, yeah, it's kind of that thing. But then also when it comes to headlines, you know, uh, there are a lot of people who read headlines, which is why we have to be wary of clickbait we all know that there's clickbait out there. So, you know, if a headline seems too good to be true, depending on the source, it probably is. 
but if you get into the meat of the article and you have a good uh, source, you know, uh, whatever media it is uh, that you prefer, it can always pay off very well. But of course, if you're coming from a bad source, you'll get the clickbait headline. You'll start to get about a paragraph into or two into it, and it's all opinion. And then it's like the last paragraph, 24 paragraphs down, where they tell you the actual truth. So yeah, sources, you have to be careful with there too. That's why it's always good to read through, but I think that's what Angel Wings was in reference to. We had Doreen Merck in the house yesterday gifting a can. Thank you so much. Monkey Toe 71 says, back in the house. Yes, you've been MIA, Monkey Toe 71, and we're glad to have you back. Um, oh, and then thank you all for the well wishes for my sister. She thanks you all as well too. Um, yeah, well, you know, today we had uh, doctor visit, Doctor's Visit Part 1. That was the uh, the operation prep. Tomorrow we'll go into the procedure and then Thursday we'll have a follow-up and then we'll see what happens from there. So, um, you know, right now we're in go mode and we're in, uh, we're getting this done mode. Like we're getting this done. All positive thoughts on our side, guys. So we appreciate your prayers and your support very, very much so. Um, let's see here. Just V was in the house. Uh, let's see. We also had uh, uh, Just Fed Up. Just Fed Up and Just V. Just do it. All right, guys. Uh, let's see here. Angel Wings said, I actually thought I was missing your shows or you changed your time. Yes, Angel Wings, I have changed my time. Um, so this is what we're doing it now. 7.30 p.m. seems to rock it uh, because this way, if I want to go more than two hours, I can. Although I still try to be mindful of my time. And as long as you guys are having a good time in the chat, then um, we're all good about that. Hey, we have, uh, oh, hey, what's going on? Raskolnikov, the murderer. Welcome back. That's Raskolnikov, the murderers over on Twitch. Just so you know, Raskolnikov, the murderer, um, we have a full house over at the foxhole.app. So if you ever want to join the fun, uh, go ahead and hop on over. But you are you are more than fine over there, over on the Twitch. Yes, we're still going on about Arizona. Indeed, uh, Raskolnikov was asking if we're still going on about Arizona. We are. Um, we have, uh, I mean, there's all something developing out of Arizona and uh, you know I like to keep uh, I like to keep my audience updated on what's going on with the election audits now if you tuned in yesterday Raskin the call of the murderer we actually had this whole expose we've been exposing on Georgia lately because Georgia's about to fall apart Georgia's fall to me Georgia's falling apart to the point where they may not even need to do an election audit, honestly. Like, they may not need to do an audit because uh, it's like all of this, uh, all of these bad shenanigans. I mean, are shenanigans good? I don't know. It seems to have a negative connotation to me. But all of these shenanigans are happening over in Georgia that are coming to the front. And it seems like these are things that they could actually move on with criminal charges. And if they can do that, then they, they, they may not necessarily need to have an audit. But we'll see what happens. Because, of course, uh, whenever you have vying sides, you know, warring opponents, uh, they, they need their proof. Um, although it's sad to say, regardless, they probably wouldn't give uh, conservatives, Republicans, uh, patriots um, that quarter. Uh, they would expect it to be given to them. And of course, you know, uh, we, we do have um, a republic for a country, constitutional democratic republic. Uh, so we will give them their day in court, regardless of the evidence that has come out. You know what I'm thinking about doing, ladies and gentlemen? Um, because it's like I was talking about yesterday. 
Um, all of the stuff that's coming out right now that's hitting the newspapers, like uh, that's hitting all of the uh, online uh, um, uh, news, uh, newspapers, online newspapers, news forums uh, and other places, uh, especially in the independence and in the, the patriot minded media. Um, a lot of this stuff was covered in the hearings that they did over in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, you know, back in December. You know, a lot of that stuff was covered there. And I, I believe the only news outlet that was like doing that step by step was the Gateway Pundit, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, now, maybe just the news, maybe the Epoch Times did some reporting on that. But the Gateway Pundit was basically going toe to toe with all of the information that was being given out during the time of those hearings post uh, you know, November 3, as uh, Mr. Bannon would put it, November 3, 2021, 2020, um, they were the only ones that were really going toe-to-toe -to -toe with all the information. They were the only ones who were kind of bouncing that information off of what was being received from those hearings. So I thought, you know, maybe we'll do some uh, viewings on the hearings if anyone's interested. A lot of good information. That's where we have all of the um That's where we have the affidavits and uh, their signatures coming up. That's where we have the witnesses who are giving uh, their testimony on the things that they witness. That's where we have Rudy Giuliani fighting for the country again as America's America's attorney. You know, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani are America's attorneys, you know, and, uh, you know, and other things like special uh, military personnel who um, specialized in like uh, cyber warfare, technical warfare, information warfare. They were testifying a lot of good information. And this was back in, like I said, November, December. Uh, I think the last one was around the beginning of January. That might be even too late, actually. It might have been all before Christmas, but um, it, it'd be good to retouch on that stuff and to recap it because uh, a lot of stuff was going on. That is for sure. And it was all pre it was presented to all of us again back in November, December. I think that's where a lot of these uh, current audits and the fire the kindling for what's going on right now really started back then and now it's just kind of moving forward so uh very good stuff very good stuff maybe we'll do that here uh you know it took me forever to get the Shadowgate uh documentary on our uh on my uh on my show uh but maybe i can get that to you guys before <laughs> before the end of august before the end of july how about that we could do that maybe we can do some watch parties uh movie nights uh, you know, we'll just hang out in the chat and talk and chill and chat and toss cookies. How about that, guys? Sounds like a good time to me. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Just be hoping for another food fight. <laughs> and she's uh, donating a, a cookie to toss. Um, a Tanette Booth votes for yes to man on the streets. Let me see what I can do in that regard, because I think that would be fun. Now, if I find myself in Las Vegas in October... For the next Forgotten Country um, Patriot Roundup, um, I can definitely see myself doing some men on the streets on the Vegas Strip. Uh, I'll go in this red suit. How about that? The only thing is I need to find some matching slacks. <laughs> now, they did have the same color slacks for this suit, but by the time I got to this suit, all the slacks that fit me were sold out, so I couldn't wear them. That would be, I don't know, what a what a what a color block, right? This like vibrant red. Um, let's see what do we got here as well. Posse for Hope was in the house. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh yes, uh, we had a monkey toes commenting on um, uh, the show Lone Star News with the Texan and myself. I thought we agreed. <laughs> the Texan says. The Texan says. 
I thought we would uh, we would agree you would stop walking the streets. Oh, what do you know, the Texan? And <laughs> just kidding. And he says, just kidding, dude. I'll be back on Sunday with you. I'm looking forward to it. So most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, uh, see see uh, the uh, the next uh, the next installment of Lone Star News with myself and the Texan will be hitting you guys live on Sunday here on the Foxhole app um, at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Uh, Trump Time, and 1 p.m. Pacific. All right, let's see. Pilled by the Rabbit. Okay, this was the cookie question that Pilled by the Rabbit was offering to me. Uh, I'm here with the cookie for Mr. C. Do you like raisins? <laughs> oh, I'm on to you now, Pilled by the Rabbit. Those smart pills, huh? <laughs> uh, let's see. Just V was shocked about Abbott. You know, I have to admit Just V because what was it? And you know, that's what it goes to show, you know, because we can all have a civilized conversation. Um, and we can all uh, present, you know, uh, points, whether they're uh, in agreement or disagreement. Um, but the thing is keeping an open mind and, you know, keeping keeping civil discourse. Right now, when it comes to Greg Abbott, like I would say within about a month ago, I was like, why is everyone talking smack about Greg Abbott? You know, and I didn't understand why um, I did a little bit of digging. I listened to some of my fellow patriots and their points of view. And sure enough, what they were saying was like it was all there in the headlines if you if you knew where to look. So I'm always open to I'm always I like to say I keep an open mind. I'm always open to a change of opinion. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that one flip flops if they change their opinion, right? We all understand that. But I'm always open to a change of opinion. Should the information, right, proper, good information, it doesn't even have to be proper. It just needs to be correct, right? I mean, that goes the same for all of us. Uh, because like I always say, if we're given the correct information, we know how to act. And I think that goes for most uh, good people. But yeah, you know, I was I was shocked too um, because, like I said, I voted for Abbott, um, and uh, I really felt that he was doing a pretty upstanding job. Come to find out that that's pretty much part of the way he's manufacturing his campaign. Um, and of course, since he's in the position of a governor, you know, he can do that. He can, uh, you know, he can maneuver himself in a way that uh, anything he's holding back on, he can start to use. Um, as uh, as bait, basically, to keep him in office come um, the next election cycle. So, you know, but we all move forward from there and we figure out now the name of the game is uh, vetting all of the other opponents because there's at least four of them for governor coming up in Texas. But hey, that's Texas news. If you guys want to hear about that, tune in on Sunday to Lone Star News with myself and the Texan at 3 p.m. We'll probably chat about that for sure. Some other stuff, too. Did you guys, we talked about this on the Sea Report, but did you know that Texas is leading the way for sanctuary cities for the unborn? I know some of you guys know that. We've done a couple of stories on that, and uh, it's very interesting stuff. I'll see if we can't chat a little bit about that on Sunday with you folks. All right, let's see what else we got here. Pilled by the rabbit. Uh, oh, wait, we already got that cookie. <laughs> Tanya Keel, I am so late. Uh, got stuck in a slave debate. <laughs> and it was awesome. People are so awesome in the foxhole. It uh, was such a wonderful conversation. Glad to hear that you're having a wonderful conversation, Miss uh, Tanya Keel. And uh, yeah, but we had some wonderful conversations happening on a little later on in the chat. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's see. Um, Texan says, I think y'all are going to be surprised when we dig further into Texas politics and its ways. 
dude, like truer words, dude, truer words, because to know, uh, to, uh, it's like we already, it's kind of like we already got the blue, oh, we're getting to Texas news again. It's like we already have kind of like the blueprint for the way it works here now. Now we got to break it up. We got to smash up their foundation because it's not a good foundation. Just be gifted a cookie. I'll toss another one chocolate chip this time. I'll take it. Just be. Thank you so much. Tanya Kiel would love if they would dig into all state laws. Kentucky, Oregon are Commonwealth states. Um, Oregon does not act like Kentucky at all. Pennsylvania is also Commonwealth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe you guys, um, I believe in Commonwealth, the Secretary of State is not elected. They are, um, they are chosen. Uh, and there, and my friends, kind of lies the problem. But we already know now. If you guys have been paying attention, we already know now that the National Association of Secretary of States, that's what George Soros embedded his ugly money into. And he took a hold of these individuals. So, ah, Secretary of Snakes, I just, you know. And then these people act like they're not in charge of the uh, elections, but that's their job. You know what I mean? So we'll see what's up with that. Pill by the Rabbit, I answered my cookie preference. They didn't come with raisins, darling. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's see. Monkey Toe 77, uh, 71 says, you would love hog heaven in Ohio, Mr. C. Nothing but awesome barbecue. If I am ever up in Ohio, I would love to try that out. Um, yes, I, I'm always down for barbecue. Now, like I said, I tried barbecue in New York City one time, and it was terrible. Terrible. But that's New York City for you. And it was in the city. So I don't know. Maybe rural New York barbecue's better. I'm sure barbecue's better just about anywhere. We'll always have our preference, obviously. But, um, you know, you know, uh, I would definitely try that. Now, I've only passed through Ohio. I think I stopped at a Walmart in uh, Cleveland, maybe. I'm not sure. I honestly can't remember. Uh, but that was pretty interesting. It was on a bus trip. <laughs> It's when I went to New York, interesting enough. But peeled by the route, cookie preference with there. Uh, Mitrodate or Mitrodate says, What do you think of El Phoenix in Dallas for Telmex? Well, uh, Mitrodate, I don't use Telmex because I don't phone <laughs> Mexico quite often. No, I think he meant Tex Mex. Um, I've never been to El Phoenix either in Dallas. Um, but uh, do tell Mitrodate. How is El Phoenix for yourself? And if you recommend it, then, you know, if I'm ever in Dallas, that'd be something to uh, stop at and try out. Eddie Dean says the Texan catered the event in Dallas. It was freaking amazing. Best brisket I have ever had. I'm always down for trying that brisket. Uh, Matt1776 gifting a phone. Many thank you, Matt. Uh, many thanks, Matt. Many thank you. Many thanks, Matt, for the gift of the phone and also uh, for your diligent work here at the Foxhole app. Um, and uh, keeping us all cozy and happy. <laughs> uh, Babs, the ice queen, hoping to just uh, hopping by just to say hello, everyone. And uh, well, uh, glad you got to stop in. We also had chatter nuts. Okay. And then uh, she says, hiya, Mr. C. Good, everyone. Lurk mode on. Uh, and then uh, blonde blue lady Q also in the house. Gifting a can. Thank you so much. Dra day tripper hanging out. Hey, day tripper. Uh, looking up. Hello, everyone. Hello, looking up. Um, and always in Texas, gifting a cookie. All right. Just V says, at Pilled by the Rabbit, I wanted to get a cafeteria fighting again. Oh, okay. So Just V, Just V is all about them food fights. <laughs> Watch out now. Tanya Keel. 
Trump always said no vax. He said he doesn't vax. He did what was uh, said to say in his own way. He danced around while telling us the truth. You know, um, I, I'm not, I don't remember too uh, much as far as his stance on vaccines. For some reason, that does ring uh, true to me, though. Um, now, as far as him actually getting the vaccine and stuff like that, uh, uh, I don't know. I was, he said he got the vaccine, right? We never saw him do it. We never saw Melania do it. Um, but then everyone tends to forget. And I don't mean everyone as in everyone in the chat. I mean everyone as in everyone out there in the world tend to forget that when he came down with COVID-19, he did indeed take this uh, cocktail of different drugs. Uh, I, we don't know exactly what they were. We know in three days he was back, right, back in action. I mean, maybe a little bit light for wear, but still, nonetheless, he was back in action. So, and then everyone, I mean, I don't, I didn't even, I did not even stop to say, hey, Trump already had covid and he had a cocktail of drugs. So why on earth did he take the vaccine or say he took the vaccine, right? I mean, we all saw pictures of, um, of uh, Ivanka taking the vaccine. I remember seeing those. Then there's like speculation. Did she actually just take saline solution or something like that? Um, or did she do like, uh, she didn't do like Nancy Pelosi where she, they still had the stopper on the plunger. <laughs> So I don't know, you know, but um, um, for sure in that regard, uh, when it comes to everything surrounding the vaccine, its creation, um, its its disbursements throughout the states via Operation War Speed, all of that stuff. I definitely think that was some kind of political maneuver uh, that he had to do in order to um, 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 uh, negate the fear that was being thrown upon everyone by the mainstream media and by their scared doctors and the politicians who are trying to take them over, basically. You know, so uh, that's kind of always been my stance. Um, I don't vocalize that so much because obviously there's uh, so much uh, friction and, and consternation amongst uh, people in regards to this topic. Um, but we have heard that he does not favor them for the young. Um, <clears throat> but honestly, I do think that this is basically a political move that he has to make. Um, otherwise, you know, uh, he would easily be overtaken by everyone who's caught up in the fear of what was COVID-19 and definitely would have been hammered by the mainstream media. It's kind of like that whole bombing Syria situation. You know that they are just tempting the hand of fate or tempting his hand to bring war to the United States because this man in four years didn't start a war. Did he respond to attacks? Yes. Did he end the fight? Yes. Uh, and masterfully so, uh, like with the Syria thing, like we had been told for ages. And, you know, guys, I was going to do uh, a story on Syria and and I, I you know, because I do I do travel into international politics and news every now and then, um, not as much as I'd like to. But I have this whole theory on, you know, where uh, uh, enemy states like Russia, Iran, Iraq uh, and the like stand. Now, China is all on a beast on its own. You know what I mean? Like when I'm talking about places like Russia, you know, who successfully kicked out the Western backed central bank globalists from their country, like they're one of the only ones that have done it, you know, and they're painted as our worst enemy. Uh, and we have to fight with them because the globalists don't control Russia. 
Russia controls Russia. No matter who's in power, how they're running it, that sovereign nation controls its destiny, right? Oh, great. We got, we got, uh, we got a, hey, what's up, Mario Sosiro? Good to have you back in the uh, troll chat. Um, but, you know, so that's kind of the thing. And then with Syria, We've been given all of this lip service on about how, um, you know, the president over there was killing his own people and he was gassing his own people and all of this junk. And really all it was was just to um, motivate Trump to, uh, you know, start a war and otherwise make him look weak, you know, like he wouldn't act. And uh, I mean, we all know that those uh, those gas uh, gas attacks were not real. We had reporters from CNN going over there, sniffing the gas and not dying. OK, so first of all, if you're going to be using this chemical agent that kills you upon, you know, uh, sniff, you know, upon inhalation, you're going to die. So why would they send their reporters over there to do such a stupid thing and then expect, well, because they're expecting the American people to believe it because it looks bad. It looks like babies in incubators on the floor, right? That's the same deal, you know, that they did over there. And what did President Trump do? He bombed them, but he took out their artillery. He took out all of their weapons. He hit them in a strategic spot that they were not expecting him to hit. They probably thought that he was going to like, you know, bomb. He probably thought that they were going to bomb like, you know, the, you know, uh, the president's palace or something like that. You know, he probably thought that that he was going to go, but he's not a stupid man. Um, unfortunately, my friend Maurice, uh, the Syrians and the Russians are fighting on the same side. So that's kind of a wrong point there. Uh, Russia is backing up Syria against the proxy armies that the Americans are sending over there under Biden now because it was under control when Trump was uh, optically in office. So uh, that's a little bit wrong that she got over there. It wasn't the Russians who did it. Uh, Russia is actually backing up Syria, Maurice. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Maurice. Okay. All right. But thank you for bringing up my numbers over in Twitch, Maurice. I appreciate you for that. So keep it up, sir. Keep it up, sir. Hang out as long as you want. Okay. All right. Let's get back to over here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dolphan72 was in the house. Welcome, Dolphan. Uh, let's see. Monkey Toes. Well, hell, I got to go. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> oh, man, that's an early start time. Monkey Toes71, make sure you're getting some rest there. Uh, just V, I had a neighbor in here while you were playing Stelter. <laughs> I almost had him convinced that uh, was his real voice. There were some people who were who were were wondering about that. Uh, like my sis was like, his voice was so annoying. I was like, you know, that's his real voice. <laughs> and then I was like, no, just kidding. It wasn't, but she was like, it kind of fits so well. Anyways, Disco Daphne was in the house. Uh, Chatternuts, uh, woo woo. Oh, oh, okay. So Chatternuts, yes. Okay, so uh, you weren't. Oh wait, I said hello to you, Chatternuts. <laughs> Pilled by the rabbit says, "At Mr. C, have fun with loyal. Just don't go full woo woo on your first show." Okay. So I was hanging out with Loyal and, you know, I get I've, I've been able to check out Loyal a few times. She hops into the show every now and then. And um, um, and, and also one foot in 5D with Alara. Uh, all good. All good conversations. Like I always enjoy their conversations. Uh, some of the things that Loyal brings to the table during the animal part. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know you guys saw the one about the mice and the enemas. Right. And then uh, there is something about. Um, I don't know if we should talk about that. You guys saw the last episode. It was last Sunday. Okay. So this animal had five, you know, members. 
I was like, whoa. Okay. So, um, but I have to ask. So this way I don't look, I don't look a certain way when I, I hang out with loyal to the foil. Maybe I should ask her, what does woo woo mean? What does full woo woo? Like you have to tell me, <laughs> you told me about the raisins pills. You have to tell me about woo woo. What does full woo woo mean? Does that mean like, I don't know. I'll let you tell me. Okay. I'm not going to guess. Uh, does that mean I should not drink before I go on her show? <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, goodness. Bruce Banner. Oh, hey, Bruce Banner was in the house last night as well. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, and gifting shades. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that, sir. Uh, Henry 4570 in the house, gifting a can, looking up and be the Patriot 1776, both tossing their cookies. Most excellent. Tanya Kill. Trump savior to all those who are saved from the sex trade market. Yep, he stopped many children from being sold. Yep, the Lord's yes. That is 100% true. This is not Trump propaganda. Uh, he, is, uh, he is the president who fought the hardest against human trafficking, sex trafficking, and child sex trafficking. And they're still seeing the effects of everything that he did today. You know, like um, of all the things that you might've seen end when Biden became the optical illusion president, you know, like, what did we see? We saw everything with the wall stop, right? We saw, uh, we saw illegal immigrants uh, uh, overflowing into the country. They're still causing a crisis. They're still costing Americans millions upon billions of taxpayer dollars, right? An obvious change or XL pipeline, obvious flip one from day to night. But the one thing that I could say has still continued to this day, they are still cracking down hard on child sex traffickers, human traffickers, pornographers for children's pornography. Like that stuff is still happening. All of those operations never ceased, you know, and I follow the United States Marshals. I follow the Border Patrol agents and I follow their their um, sites and stuff like that. And all of that stuff is still happening. They are still cracking down. We still have operations happening all around the United States. And now some are going into Mexico, too. Like they, there's some articles coming out where they're finding they're stopping the sex traffickers and the human traffickers that are part of the United States, Mexico, you know, crossover. And that has not stopped, ladies and gentlemen. That has continued to, to happen. So uh, most definitely Trump was a champion for that. Now, it is my opinion, and I'm sure most of y'all would agree, that human trafficking and child sex trafficking is one of the uh, greatest scourges of our species um, of this era. Um, and it is it is one of the most, uh, 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 like, uh, I don't, I mean, demonic, just defiled, like it's, it's decrepit. It's one of the worst things, you know, and um, I've, I've come into, I've had some experience personally with individuals who have been in the situation. Um, you know, I, I entered into a very interesting part of my life when I started to uh, uh, lend myself to being exposed to that. We won't go into the details, but you know, um, it's it's crazy, guys. It's it's crazy. It's sad. And and just to know and, and, you know, we hear about those stories. Right. Like, what did we hear about in New York City where they had all of those makeshift tents? Right. But there's no one who can bring receipts. There's no one who can bring sauce, even though, you know, we have a, a nurse or two that says this is what they were actually doing in Central Park with those tents. And we've heard the same thing about tunnels under Washington, D.C. We've heard the same thing about tunnels under L.A. We've heard the same thing about tunnels under Disneyland, you know. 
Um, maybe that will come to light someday. Maybe some of those um, indictments will be unsealed. Um, and maybe the face of those who committed these crimes will be revealed to the American people as they are facing justice. Uh, and it needs to happen. Um, and, and, you know, I know that there's an argument that this stuff is just too dark and too heavy and too gritty for people to uh, stomach, to take, to handle, to fathom, to put their brain around, you know, to, to, to read, wrap around their head. But at the end of the day, and I, I just, at the end of the day, I just have to say, we need to know this stuff. We need to know it happened because if we don't even acknowledge it as a fact of this reality, we will never be able to combat it and we will never be able to prevent it from happening again. And Americans and people around the world, people around the world know this, stuff's ha this stuff is happening. I would say it's mainly the Americans that, you know, uh, would not want to see or acknowledge or believe that these things are occurring, you know. But the point of the matter is that uh, it does happen. It is happening. I've met people that it's happening to, happening as in present tense, happening, you know, and and uh, I did what I could to whatever extent I was able to, you know, because some of these people acknowledge that they are in this uh, loop of uh, criminality and depravity, but at the same time, they don't either know how to get out of it or they don't want to get out of it because that's all that they know and they're comfortable there. Talk about a sick and twisted, uh, what is that called? Um, you know, I can't think of a, I can't think of the term. It was based on that one, uh, that one uh, woman who was kidnapped. Yeah. Anyway, someone, someone will uh, phone me on, on that. I'm sure. But uh, anyways, uh, we got a uh, we got a, a guest over in Twitch that says I had no idea any of this was happening until the lockdowns. And you know, uh, con queso vegano, you like your you like your queso with veggies. <laughs> All right, you know, uh, come come that time. Um, that's the thing about the lockdowns. You know, that's the thing about the lockdowns. Like, if it you know it was it was. It was a catch twenty two. It was uh, it was a double edged sword. You know, one for the good and one for the bad on either edge. But when they schemed to lock us down and put us into perpetual fear of some sham demic, basically at that time, we were able to overcome that because. Um, we were able to have the, t we combated it with, you know, digging for truth, right? And that was the good part of the lockdowns. We all had the time to investigate this stuff, to research it in our own way, to look it up and see what was up, you know, and come to our own conclusion. And the truth was out there, you know, the truth was out there. <laughs> I mean, a lot of us had nothing better to do. If you were, uh, if you were me, con queso vegano, like, uh, I was, I mean, I've been awake since like, oh, oh, four, oh, five, oh, six, you know, like I've been raging against this since like at least oh, seven, oh, eight proper, you know, um, since the Bush era, that's baby Bush, you know, um, I've been aware of these things going on, but, it, but during the lockdowns and then come Q and stuff like that, that's when a lot of people really started to wake up and grasp it. And, and maybe they didn't run away with it. Maybe they didn't become, you know, um, uh, super active or anything like that. But 
but it became part of their consciousness. Uh, it became part of what, uh, what they knew to be the fabric of this reality. So um, in that sense, I think it was still a good thing. Um, now, I, I haven't been keeping it with Maurice, but he says something like only what? One third of the country believes it, Guy. You know, that's more than 3%, so that's pretty good. Uh, Coxano asks if I think the election was fraud. I'd say uh, stick around, baby. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And uh, yeah, if not, check out some of our past episodes. But welcome to the chat. Yes, I would definitely agree with... Uh, Co sorry, sorry, Foxhole chat. <laughs> we're chat recapping Foxhole and we're live chatting Twitch right now. So uh, thanks for y'all who are... Yes, we are all very connected. We are all vibrating on a different level. I would most definitely agree with that. Okay, so now let's get back to the chat recap, okay? <laughs> we had a service dog mom in the house. Uh, yes, they wanted us locked down for five years. I could agree with that. Just V says, so he's not planning on being back in office this year. Okay, so I think we're starting to talk about Trump here. Henry4570 says, Michiganistan locks down, lockdowns and tomorrow. That's today. All restrictions lifted. We'll see how that goes, Mr. Uh, Henry4570. I haven't uh, caught any news. We do have a little bit of Michigan news for you guys tonight. Um, but uh, is reg in regards to this lockdown lift happening over there in Michiganistan, uh, we'll see how that goes as the week unfurls. Dpatriot1776 says, in New Jersey, kids still have to wear masks at summer camps and will have to at school in the fall at this point pathetic yeah that is sad i feel i feel the worst for the children obviously um who are having to wear these masks that's never a fun thing uh let's see what else we got here today uh tanya keel trump was impeached trader pence put the nail in the coffin he will run again or a son will trump will be a fine secretary of state now we're going to get into some very interesting conversation on this regards, ladies and gentlemen, but we're not going to hop into that yet. Um, now, uh, there was some interesting uh, back and forth here. We were talking about um, uh, Trump or one of his sons. Now, I remember um, I remember thinking, oh, well, you know, it'll be Trump and then it'll be Ivanka and then it'll be Don Jr. And, then, <laughs> you know, and but that would be a dynasty, right? That would be a dynasty. Now, there are some things that could go wrong with dynasties, um, but we're not about that, obviously. So if there was, I mean, I, you know, if Ivanka and, you know, uh, Donald Jr. at, at, at all, you know, uh, were to continue in the same uh, path as their father, and, and that would be, a, you know, constitutional, America first, etc. I wouldn't have a problem with it. You know, maybe we could break them up with the DeSantis in there or something like that. Um, but I would not mind it. Uh, so as long as that weren't, it weren't like, you know, guys, I almost feel like it's insulting to say the Trumps could be like the Bushes or the Trumps could be like the Clintons. Like, I just, I don't see that in their blood or in their cards. Uh, but most definitely, especially in regards to all the naysayers out there outside of the Foxhole app, um, uh, we are the type of people that will call our leaders to task. You know, so if they do something wrong, if they end up being on the wrong side of history, if they end up, you know, uh, violating the Constitution, don't think that we're going to be caught up in their cult of personality. We love that because ultimately someone like Trump simply represented what the American people truly wanted. Constitutionally speaking, we are not in love with the man himself. We are in love with his actions in the administration. OK, but if he did anything wrong we would be the first to hang him, okay? And I say that with love. 
President Trump because you know he wouldn't. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't do it now, obviously. But you know, if if you know, all of a sudden one day he was like, "Ha ha ha! I built this wall so this way I could keep you guys penned in here, and I'm gonna take your guns." Do you think that the Patriots would stand behind Trump at that point? I mean, ask yourself honestly, or do you think that we'd blindly give our guns up to him because uh, of all of the past four years that he did so good for America? I mean, use common sense, you guys out there who are not in the Foxhole app. Obviously, we would not be for that. I mean, come on, give us a little bit of credit, right? Okay. All right. You guys are probably like, what are they saying over there on Twitch? <laughs> all right, cool. All right. Let's see what else we got going on over here. Oh, a Napkinator79 gifting a phone. Thank you, Mr. Napkinator. I appreciate you very much. Uh, Just V says, in my opinion, Trump won't take a demotion. He can, he'd consider that an insult. Now, you know, that's something else that I thought was a pretty interesting topic of conversation. Like uh, some were saying he could go on to be the speaker and then from the speaker, he'd go on to be president. But I mean, he is a boss, you know what I mean? And, and when it comes to having that type of position, uh, it, it's totally understandable that he wouldn't take it. But, you know, aside from that, another reason why I don't like I think it would be cool as hell if he did that. And then he like kind of like, you know, um, he kind of like uh, uh, was a pain in the rear and, and called impeachment, you know, on Biden and then on Kamala, etc. I think that would be cool as heck. Right. But. But, but if he were to accept a position of secretary of state or of speaker of the house, that would kind of be like conceding to what happened in 2020. And as he pointed out in the first interview that we're going to play today, after we get through chat recap, um, he never conceded. He never conceded because somehow on Hannity, the words came from his mouth that he conceded the election, but he never said that. I think Hannity said that, right? Ah, so Hannity's playing the good guy, but his bosses said, make sure you say that he conceded in there. Do you think that's what happened or something like that? I don't know. We'll have to find out. But he does say, I never conceded. And if he were to take a second or a different position, then indeed, I think that would give off the optics of concession. And uh, that just would not jive, especially once all of this, uh, all of these um, election audits start to break out and all of their um, all of their uh, uh, um, uh, false ways start to break down because that stuff is happening right now. I mean, it's all out there if you guys know where to read and you don't just like read your headline over at, you know, CNN or whatever it is that you guys at Twitch do. Okay, so let's see here. Um, uh, I agree. I'll speak a point. Okay, what else we got here? Yeah, Trump is the boss or nothing. End of story. Dpatriot 1776. Um, let's see here. Sherry Pittsburgh, I hope so. Blonde Blue Lady Q, isn't Pennsylvania the Keystone State? Yes, it is, my friend. Yes, I mean, that is their name, the Keystone State. <laughs> Anyways, okay, that's that's what they are, like, they're called. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? Tanya Keel, I don't think so. I just don't agree. Uh, many pro oh, okay, so here's where we have some interesting conversation. Tanya Kill says many presidents have taken other jobs after being presidents. So they wanted to know in government and who, which ones. Uh, Tanya Kill says, well, our first president, Washington, stuck around to help with the House. Adams, both were before and after in the Senate and Congress. Um, just be, um, if you can name some, I wouldn't even begin to know. Uh, to say what he feels. Okay, so this, okay, so the, the question here was uh, uh, in regards to former presidents then going on to take a seat in government after their term has ended, right? 
So, hee hee, I had to do a little bit of research and I wanted to I wanted to find out the answer for this myself. And uh, it was it was a pretty healthy conversation, I would say. Um, uh, everyone was a pretty good team player here <laughs> in this in this passionate debate. But here's what I found. Um, so as it turns out, um, no other former presidents were elected to another national office. However, President John Quincy Adams was subsequently elected to the House of Representatives by his congressional district. Um, so that was so it seems like a national office now. It seems like they would have run in state houses. President Andrew Johnson subsequently was elected to the United States Senate by his state legislature. Um, and then also former President William Howard Taft was appointed to United States Supreme Court. That's not an elected position, but it is still in government. President Grover Cleveland uh, was the only president so far um, to be elected to a second non-consecutive term as a president. So that's Grover Cleveland. He was a president. He skipped a term and then he was president again. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, so that's the information I found. No other former president has yet to be elected to another national office, but it does look like they did serve in their house. There was a few of them that did. So, you know, that's a, I mean, that's good. His, that's a good way to, you know, look at history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, always good to always good to keep our minds sharp in that regards. So um, I, I thank you guys for having that passionate debate. And I hope we're all still friends. Everyone gets a gold star on that one. That's what I say. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's see here what else we had. Blonde Blue Lady Q gifting a can. Thank you so much. Um, let's see here. Oh, <laughs> okay, Tanya, we did know about President Trump being a Democrat before. Now, honestly, Tanya and everyone else, I was kind of thinking uh, that's why whenever Trump first uh, put down his bid to be president of the United States of America, I thought because knowing that he was formerly a Democrat, um, and, you know, he he did the whole whining and dining with all of the uh, all of the uh, politicians up there in D.C. I thought he was a ringer, a ringer candidate for the Clintons. And I thought that if he became the primary candidate for the Republicans, he would basically throw the election for Hillary Clinton. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And then, um, you know, my dog in the race was um, was booted out and I started to pay attention to what was going on with President Trump and also uh, the reaction that he was getting from basically everyone and their grandma. Uh, and that kind of sent off some flags about maybe we should pay attention to this guy. And indeed, uh, he's done more for this country in his uh, first optical term. Uh, and by that, I mean when he was in office uh, than any president did by promise in their both in both terms in most cases. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, we got some we got some cans tossing around. We had just V with the can, blonde blue lady Q with the can, a freaking nuts with two cans. Thanks so much. Twenty three Anon was in the house. Yes, indeed, Mr. Barron is a strange dude. He looks like he does some drugs. Just he says, uh, doesn't Mr. Barron look like a ferret? <laughs> I was like, he's not a ferret. <laughs> he's not a ferret, Just be Okay, I can't do I can't do the Arnold Schwarzenegger voice, sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Woke one was in the house. How you doing, Woke one? Uh, the Patriot 17, Ruby for Gitmo. I'd say, where's Ruby? She's in Gitmo. Um, State Farm Arena. Thank you, Depatriot 1776. I finally fell upon it. I was like, what was the name of the place that they were doing all the ballot counting in Georgia? It was, was it the Honda Civic Center? <laughs> It wasn't the Honda Civic Center. It was the State Farm Arena. Thank you very much. Just be breathing through that diaper. Face diapers. That's right. Everyone who wears a mask, go put your face diapers on, ladies and gentlemen. Go put, make sure they're clean, for the love of God. Sonia, uh, Sonia GHC was in the house. Uh, Henry4570 gifting a can. The Patriot1776. Where is the Wiener laptop? Indeed, right? Where is that Wiener laptop? The Wiener laptop and Hunter's laptop. Um, those are two pretty uh, uh is interesting the right word to use for those laptops i don't know they're they're yeah where's durham i don't know we'll figure that out soon hopefully durham seems to have fallen off of the earth maybe durham's a flat earther <laughs> and that's why we can't find him he sailed off the edge okay anyways don't worry twitch we're not flat earthers here at the sea report by any means okay you know what? It's whatever. Pilled by the rabbit. Podesta's name will be coming up soon with the fake alien invasion. How many of you guys think that we're going to have a fake alien invasion? We know that, uh, who was it? Was it Reagan? Reagan, back in the 80s, talked about the space program. I think it was Reagan, right? He's like, we have the Star Wars program. Uh, and he was like, it would take it would take something like aliens coming down to unite the world as one. Right. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I just, you know, I know the truth is out there. But um, but but dang it. Can't we save our republic before we start to talk about the aliens? Can't we at least get America back together before we start getting off into that tangent? Like we got bigger fish to fry here, ladies and gentlemen. We got to save the, the constitutional republic, democratic republic of the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we got to do. Uh, but the truth is out there, ladies and gentlemen. Never deny it. Okay, <laughs> so just VCFR, another three-letter agency. Yes, they certainly are. Uh, joy for Trump uh, popped in. Good to have Joy for Trump always. We are all mad. Welcome to the C-Report. You could never go over. You Oh, thank you so much. You have great news. Posse for Hope also. Did I say hi, Posse for Hope? Oh, Posse for Hope says, people of Georgia, Georgia, people of Georgia, better stand up and fight this. That's what Posse for Hope says. And you know what, Posse for Hope? I have to agree with you. The people of Georgia, all of this evidence is out there. All of everything that happened is already out there. I mean, they've deposition, they, they, they've subpoenaed, you know, Ruby and uh, Wandrea and, uh, and all of them already. The truth is out there in regards to Georgia. But it seems to me like everyone that I know from Georgia, they basically say nothing's going on. I guess, you know, whatever. But yeah, they need to stand up and fight. Jenny, uh, Gina from West Virginia says, Raffensperger and lawyer must be dumb and mental in order to think they can get one over on our super Trump. Our, um, out of their minds for sure. Yes, they are most definitely out of their minds. Uh, they already had all of the information. I mean, hello, guys. We talked about the uh, uh, NRO, the National Reconnaissance uh, Office. Hello. Um, you know, uh, uh, Eisenhower had this whole back channel of satellites set up behind their satellites in deep space. We've been watching them since the 60s. They knew everything. They know everything. So yeah, it's all there, guys. That's why I am an eternal optimist. Because uh, in the end, God wins. Too bad. So sad. All right. And let's see here. Shepherding Shepherd. These people are stupid and sick. God help them meet their demon God. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I laugh. I laugh shepherding shepherd, but you know, uh, Tanya Keel treasonous just be, I know people from Nevada have gone through the Arizona audit. I hope they do an audit there. Yes. Uh, it sounds like they're fighting for an audit in Nevada right now. They're fighting for an audit in Pennsylvania. We'll see what happens. Nevada is fighting hard says Tanya. I live in Nevada and the calls are going in. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, just be passes a cookie long for dessert. Thank you, Mrs. Just be and speaking easy coming in to give some shades. Thank you so much. Mr. Speaking Easy. We also had See You on the Flip Side and Palmer 1951 in the house. That wraps up yesterday's chat recap. That was a fun time, ladies and gentlemen. That was a very fun time. Let's see here. All right. We already said hello to Monkey Toes, 71, to that booth, Sherry Pittsburgh, looking up, Babs the Ice Queen, Bruce Banner, Pilled by the Rabbit. And let's see who else is in the house tonight before we get started with the report. Disco Ball Chaser, how's it going, sis? Looking up. Joy for Trump, working and a lurking trick pony is in the house. Just V, howdy, howdy. Sherry Pittsburgh, if I haven't said hello. Hello, Napkinator79, sir. Iron Wood, two, oh, second gen Oki. Hey, what's up, second gen Oki? Welcome to the C Report. You saw it here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, you saw it here. Trump did say he took, now we didn't see pictures of this, but he said he can't, it was like in December, maybe maybe January. It was in December. It was before Biden got into office. Uh, he said that he and Melania took the vaccine. That's what he said. Um, did they take it? Who knows? No one saw pictures. Not like Ivanka, you know. Uh, Gina Knight is in the house. Let's see. Dpatriot1776. Belushi. What's up, sir? Thank you very much for the can. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Vinny1760. We got a lot of new names here in the chat. Awesomeness. Uh, welcome to the C Report, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the show. We are just wrapping up yesterday's chat recap. That's right. We recap chat here at the C Report, just in case I don't get to catch you guys while we're doing the show. Uh, Gina uh, from West Virginia is in the house. Uh, let's see. Deja Vu Q. How's it going? Oh, thank you for that uh, generous donation. Deja Vu. I appreciate you. Um, let's see. And uh, let's see. I'm, I'm looking for new names real quick. Sugar Plum Bumpkin. Good to see you again. Welcome to the C Report. Now, Sugar Plum Bumpkin hung out with us uh I think a couple of nights when we were doing a Mr. C in the dark. So that was fun time. I'll, I'll try and get on late again, Sugar Plum, and do some uh, late night chat and visits or maybe some uh, head, random headlines, right? Empress Bish to you. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you again. All right. So I think I got everybody who's in-house now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we can get to business. All right, everyone over in Twitch. That means I'm officially not engaging chat anymore. So if you want me to engage you, and I'm not, enjoy the show. <laughs> okay. All right. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off with some statements from President Donald Trump. Um, and he is still my president. So we are going to go ahead and call him that. We did have a few. Um, well, a couple. Yeah, a couple. We have a couple of statements we can get into here. First of all, he's talking about Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia is going to keep coming up because like I said, this could possibly be the state that, uh, you know, uh, doesn't even have an election audit, <laughs> does not even have an election audit. Why is that the case? Because all of their foul and wicked ways are coming to the scene and they're coming up to the front. Everyone's seeing everything. They can't escape it. I mean, just, it's just, it is, they are a mess in Georgia. It's like, no one knows how to do anything right in Georgia. What is up with that? I don't know. I don't know. But this is what president Trump has to say. He says, 
And we talked about this yesterday, guys. We talked about this yesterday. We talked about this yesterday. Georgia now plans to remove 100,000 obsolete and outdated names off their voter rolls. Doing this, they say, will ensure voting files are up to date, while at the same time ensuring voter integrity in future elections. But what about the last election? Why wasn't this done prior to the November 3rd presidential election, where they had us losing by a very small number of votes, many times less than 101,789 figure? This means we, that's you, won the presidential election in Georgia. But don't fret. Much other information will soon be revealed about Georgia and other states as well. It is coming out fast and furious. The 2020 presidential election was rigged. Okay, so a couple of things here, guys. A couple of things. Um, it's like I said. President Trump loses by 11 to 12,000 votes. They had to scan... 18, 20, 30, 40, 100,000 extra ballots, right? How big of a win did President Trump secure in Georgia that they had to scan and create and fake all those extra ballots only for President Select Biden to come out by 11,000? 12,000 at the most. So that's what I'm saying. The same thing goes for in Arizona. Now, there's already some leak coming out that there are indeed less ballots than should be accounted for. And that's by hand over in Arizona. Now, um, it was Christina Bobbitt from over at OAN who said, if anything comes out less than X amount, I say it was like 10,000 ballots, right? Then they have to decertify it in Arizona, which means essentially, you know, that's what the purpose of the audit serves. But if this happens over here in Georgia, and it's already coming out in the paperwork. It's coming out in subpoenas. It's coming out in the, the notes that they had taken, like all of this random stuff. You know, they may not even have to have a forensic audit over there. They would just simply have to decertify it. 11,000 votes. We need 11 to 12,000 votes to prove fake. And they had 18,000 dead people on their voter rolls. This is in the news. This is in the headlines. This is confirmed, okay? For any of you people who don't believe it out there, like 18,000 dead people on their voter rolls, and they're cleaning that out. Now, that's not to mention it's 100,000 altogether, but 18,000 dead ones. If, in fact, 18,000 dead people voted for President-Select Biden in the 2020 election, that's already putting Trump over the cap to, to decertify. Because... Essentially, 7,000 of those people would not have been able to vote. And God, God, I mean, it's, they got it, guys. They got it. They may not even need to have an audit, but we'll see what happens. It is rather fishy, you know, that we have, uh, that we have, a what do you call it? We have a president, uh, select Biden and, and them saying that they won, right? It is rather fishy that we have Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of snake over there in Georgia, you know, suddenly wanting to clean out his voter rolls. Why do you think he wants to clean out his voter rolls? Could it possibly possibly be to erase the data against the names of those who were dead that voted, that were not in the state that voted? You know, what, what could possibly be, uh, you know, causing him to make that decision? Good question, right? It's a very good question. All right. And so um, let's see, what else do we have in regards to that? Oh, it looks like we might have only had one. 
we have we have a couple of things here. Now we did have a, a statement from a dude by the name of Rob Schmidt, and this guy's from Newsmax. So apparently, this dude Rob Schmidt uh, went golfing with uh, President Trump, him and his boss. I guess they were having a good time. Uh, I saw the news report. He sounded a little bit bitter that he didn't actually get to golf with President Trump. I think they are more like, you know, their caddies or something like that. But uh, he did say that in regards to um, the 2022 uh, elections uh, cycle coming up, because you know that President Trump is endorsing all of his uh, backstabbers, all those opponents, all those Republicans and rhinos that basically rode his curtails, you know, and and climbed up his leg pants, uh, uh, pant legs <laughs> or whatever, uh, in order to get that endorsement um, and then went and stabbed him in the back and, you know, laughed in his face. Right. Uh, so Mitch McConnell, uh, cocaine Mitch is apparently uh, we're no stranger to that. Right. We all know about cocaine Mitch. I don't know how he got that name, but that's what they call him uh, and, and how he basically did the same thing. He's he's right up there with Pence. I mean, I think Pence is probably worse, but I don't know. I don't know a bunch of the uh, the dirt on cocaine Mitch. I just know they call him cocaine Mitch. <laughs> so anyways, <coughs> in regards to that, this uh, Rob Schmidt said that um, President Trump is going to go after Mitch McConnell uh, um, in the upcoming election cycle and that he's going to support and endorse anyone that he thinks um, um, that would be of good quality uh, uh, and against Mitch. But at the same time, he's also not going to support anyone that is supporting Mitch McConnell. So the guns are very much so coming out in that regard. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, the guns are very much coming out on that regard. So Trump is definitely most ready. Now, another good example of this, um, this one, let me go ahead and pull this up right here. So this was, uh, uh, Trump had, um, sent a letter in regards to the New York representative, again, that he's a Republican and Trump supported him. And then he voted to impeach Trump. This is none other than John Katko. Now, in order, in order to secure this letter, <laughs> in order to secure this letter right here, uh, this is a handwritten note uh, that uh, that was dropped off in um, in a representative's office up in New York from President Trump. Okay, now it says here, Onondaga, Onondaga, Onondaga County Conservative Party dumps John Katko over Trump impeachment vote. Okay, so uh, let me see here. I think I might have this note on my other computer so I don't get you guys all too confused about it. Okay, maybe not. Okay, but okay, so basically what happens here is they receive this handwritten note. Look at that. <laughs> the article says Representative John Katko is facing a serious threat to his political future after Onondaga County Conservative Party members decided they will no longer support the four term Republican. The party committee said it won't endorse Katko next year um, because his January vote to impeach Donald Trump and their recent votes support. Uh, supportive measures uh, opposed by conservatives. So this is what's going on in New York, right? And <laughs> Donald, uh, President Trump sends them over this note. Uh, let's see, it says here, 
uh, he was writing to uh, one Bernie Ronald over there in New York. He says, a great move. Catco will never win uh, again. He is bad news. Please thank all, including those in Wayne, Cayuga, and now Onondaga counties. Um, it says also here, also say hi to Jerry Kaskar or Kazar, a great guy. I won big in area will help with campaign. Find a great candidate. So uh, President Trump is lending his support to those obviously who are America first and who are, uh, you know, constitutional patriots, uh, those who put America first. So anyways, I had to I had to sneak in behind a paywall to get this just so y'all know. <laughs> it's not hard to do it if you know how to do it. I mean, it's not like I was like hacking or anything like that. But uh, I, I saw that there was an actual written statement and they had an image of it. So I had to grab it. This was from uh, Syracuse.com um, where you have to pay to get the news. Okay, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but that was an interesting statement there. So that's my other statement from President Trump. You know, he's saying cat goes out. This guy did not deserve to be uh, where he is today. And especially since he voted to impeach President Trump, etc. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. Uh, I don't know if you guys got to check out this um, interview. This is an interview with a President Trump that came out on Real America's Voice last night. It is uh, he is on with David Brody in the program, The Water Cooler. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. There's they have, they have some pretty interesting things to talk about here. I find that uh, as we are moving along with these interviews, people are kind of taking away their focus from Trump running on, running on 2024. They've got more pressing matters to ask him. So uh, let's check that out, guys. Let me get this rolling for you all and enjoy the show. It's Monday, June 21st, 2021. We begin with the newsmaker of newsmakers, President Donald J. Trump. The 45th president of the United States is with us on a water cooler today. He may not be sitting in the Oval Office, but you can easily make the argument that he's just as influential today. Here's our interview with the president. Mr. President, uh, we've known each other over a decade. Uh, we've interviewed countless times. It really is an honor to have you on the water cooler today. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you, David. Thank you. I want to start with something you told Sean Hannity uh, last week. The headlines were about how you admitted defeat in the 2020 election when you said we didn't win. Is that an accurate headline? Did, did you admit defeat? I just want to understand that. No, I never admitted defeat. As we have a... A lot of things happening right now. I think that that was an election that was, I don't think, all you have to do is read the newspapers and see what's coming out now. No, I never, the word is concede. I have not conceded. Right. So I want to ask you about uh, Georgia and uh, Arizona, the audit going out there. What should happen in your mind if Arizona and Georgia come back with fully verified evidence of voter fraud? That, what do you think should happen? Well, I think they will come back with that. And I think uh, other states are also going to come back with that. And it's going to be uh, determined what's going to happen. That's not up to me. That's up to the public. That's up to a lot of people, I guess. But uh, if the election was determined to be a fraud, 
And it's looking more and more like that uh, is the case. I mean, people are going to have to make a determination as to what's going to happen. Right. So I want to clarify something because I have to tell you, and I, the last time I checked, I don't want to listen to the mainstream media. Uh, their headlines are ridiculous. There is talk out there uh, by a certain segment of the MAGA faithful. They truly believe you're going to be somehow reinstated in August. There's actually a poll out, a morning console poll that says 30 percent of America, or excuse me, 30 percent of Republicans uh, actually think that as well. So can you set the record straight? Do you believe you could be potentially reinstated at that point? What's your view? Well, just so you understand, there is a large, I've been seeing those same polls, and not my polls, they're polls taken by, I guess, media and others, and uh, there is a tremendous percentage, much higher than that, that think the election was rigged and stolen, and uh, I, don't, uh, I don't speak for other people. I can only tell you what I say, and, you know, frankly, this isn't unique because uh, Hillary Clinton went around saying it, and uh, Stacey Abrams is still saying about her race in uh, Georgia. So this is nothing that's totally unique, but I will say that uh, in this case, uh, there was, uh, they had no evidence. In this case, there's massive evidence. It's coming out of Georgia. It's coming, I mean, just take a look at what's happening. Read the papers. Now, a lot of the mainstream media, in fact, almost all of it refuses to cover it. And they, why, I don't know. It's all Pulitzer Prize material, but they refuse to cover it. But you take a look at the uh, numbers coming out of Arizona. Now, they're doing an audit right now. I have nothing to do with the audit. The audit is, uh, is taking place. It's the state Senate. And I think they're great patriots, frankly, if you want to know the truth. But the state Senate of Arizona, they're doing an audit. I don't know when it's going to be released on numbers, but... I would imagine they'd be very revealing, and Georgia likewise, and Pennsylvania is, uh, I, from what I heard, starting an audit because they've found things that they are not happy with. No, these numbers, I think, are going to prove to be massive. Yeah, but what about the reinstatement part? Is that is that bogus? Is well, that I'm not going to comment on that. I'm going to just see what happens. If okay. uh, the election was fraudulent, uh, people are going to have to make up their own minds. It's not going to be up to me. It's going to be up to... Uh, the public, it's going to be up to perhaps politicians. I don't think there's ever been a case like this where hundreds of thousands of votes will be found. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. Okay, fair enough. Uh, on 2024, you've always been asked these 2024 questions. I know you're getting tired of it. So there's been talk now about you becoming Speaker of the House in 2022. Is that something that you would seriously even consider? Or can you say right here, right now, that you don't have any interest in that? Well, I've heard the talk, and it's getting more and more, uh, but uh, it's not something that I would have uh, considered, but it is certainly there's a lot of talk about it. I have a good relationship with Kevin, and uh, hopefully we will do everything traditionally, but uh, the, uh, the election was a... A, a horrible, horrible thing for our country. The whole world is watching, and it's been horrible. You know, we were always known for free and fair elections. Well, it turns out they weren't uh, free and they weren't fair, and the world is watching. So I, I have seen talk about that, but it's nothing that I've ever considered. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, on 2024, by the way, here, here's my take, and I, I'm curious to get your take. Would it be accurate to say that if a supermajority of the candidates that you're supporting right now, if they win in, in the midterms and Republicans take back the House and the Senate, uh, that would make it more likely that you would run at that point? Is that true? What do you think? No, I don't think so, but I think that's what is going to happen. 
my endorsements have meant a lot. We're almost undefeated, very close to undefeated, and hundreds and hundreds of endorsements. Uh, people win. Uh, we just had the Republican Party chair in North Carolina and in uh, Georgia and other places. We just had congressional candidates. But, I mean, hundreds of endorsements. And our record is, I think, unmatched anywhere at any time. So I'm working to gain the majority first. And I think it would be, I think it's very important that we do that. I don't know that it would have any impact on my decision, however. What would have that impact on your decision? What's going through your mind on that? A lot of people want to know. Well, I think I'm just looking at uh, what's going on. I'm very unhappy with what's going on. I look at the border where people are coming in by the millions. It's going to be by the millions very soon. It already is. Uh, and I look at uh, other things, how our country is really, it's America last. I was America first. I look at it and I see what's happening and I'm not happy about it. So we'll, we'll make that decision. And I think people will be very happy with the decision I make. I know there's a lot of people uh, that have been talking about you running in 2024. Uh, and you, look, you know the deal. There's a lot of people talking about Ron DeSantis and the job he's doing in Florida. What are your thoughts about DeSantis running in 2024? What do you think of that? I think Ron's very good. I endorsed him, and uh, when I endorsed him, he went up like a rocket ship. He understands that, and he's doing a good job. We have a number of people that are doing a very good job. Ron's a friend of mine. He's been he's been great, and uh, we have. Uh, I just endorsed, as you know, the governor of Texas for that race, and uh, we have a lot of other endorsements out there. We have some great people in the Republican Party. You know, I don't want to listen to the New York Times. They always like to write about the relationship between you and Mike Pence. Can, can you explain that to us right now? There's a portion of the MAGA crowd. You know the deal. They're never going to forgive uh, the vice president for not kicking uh, those certain disputed election results back to uh, state legislatures. What's your what's your take on Mike Pence and, and, and how uh, what's the relationship like? Well, I've uh, always liked Mike, and I'm very disappointed that he didn't send it back to the legislatures. When you have more votes than you have voters in some cases, and when you have the kind of things that are uh, that were known in many cases, they were known then, but they're certainly getting better and better known now. Uh, I was disappointed that he didn't send it back. I felt he had the right to send it back, and uh, he should have sent it back. Uh, that's my opinion, and I think if he did, I think those legislate. Look at Pennsylvania now. Look at look at Georgia and look at uh, Arizona and look at others. They're all now looking at what happened during that election. I think you would have found that uh, he might very well have a different president right now had he sent him back. Interesting. Listen, you're going to hold a rally in the Cleveland area this coming weekend. You're uh, going to support a candidate who is taking on someone, that Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, who voted to impeach you. Is this like a, a revenge tour across the country for you? How do you see it? No, I just don't think Gonzalez is good. I don't think he represents the people. I think he's uh, not somebody that uh, uh, thinks the way I do and others do. And frankly, I think that the uh, young man running against him, Max Miller, is is excellent. I worked with him for a long time at the White House. He comes from the area. He was brought up in the area. He loves Ohio. He loves that particular spot, and he is going to do well. I mean, I, he's been doing very well, I can tell you that. No, I'm not a fan of Gonzalez.
Let me ask you about, uh, you know, the evangelicals. They support you so much uh, across this country. What's your message to them right now? They see a culture slipping away to wokeness, this critical race theory, transgender terminology. Now it's like birthing people. Uh, what in the world? Uh, so what is it going to take to wake up the church here in America, Mr. President? Well, the evangelicals have been better even now after the election because they see what's happening. They're being affronted on every single thing that they stand for represent uh, when Biden went in, he didn't say all of the things that were happening. You look at religion, generally speaking, uh, what's going on now with this administration. This was not what was discussed during debates and and during anything else. I mean, nobody ever thought this was possible, not only on religion, on the border, on uh, Second Amendment, on everything else you can think of. But including God and including life and including many other topics, it's uh, this was never nobody ever thought this is a Bernie Bernie Sanders times ten. Nobody ever thought what's happening to our country could be happening to our country and the evangelicals and and Christians generally. You take a look at what's happening. Christians generally are feeling that way and they're feeling that way very strongly, much more so now because now they're actually seeing things happen. And you know, I have a Supreme Court that gave a very good ruling the other day, as you know, uh, but but having to do with Christianity and having to do with religion, I mean, it was a great ruling. But uh, you know, I was fortunate we got three Supreme Court justices approved, almost 300 federal judges and, you know, we've done a job, but nobody thought what was happening now could be happening. Nobody thought it was possible. Yeah, I want to get to the Supreme Court, one of the Supreme Court decisions in just a moment. Uh, on, on Biden, I remember, look, you were right during the campaign. I remember during the campaign, you said Joe Biden was against God. And now we have the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. They're looking at denying uh, him as a Catholic communion, even Pelosi. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Well, it's pretty unusual. It's, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with them. It's pretty unusual. His, uh, his stance on everything, they would have been a lot better off had I won this election, and that I can tell you, because uh, very few, if anybody, has ever done what I've done in terms of the subject that you're talking about and the subject that you represent so well. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Trump, let me ask you a little bit about those Supreme Court picks. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, they ruled with the liberals just recently in favor of saving Obamacare. What, what did you think of that, uh, about what they did? Disappointed. And that's the way it goes. I'm very disappointed. I fought very hard for them, but I was very disappointed with a number of their rulings. Yeah. Uh, does it make you uh, second guess uh, some of those picks or, or, we off, or time will tell? No, second guessing does no good. But I was uh, I was disappointed with a number of rulings that they made. For sure. Uh, by the way, later this month, you're going to be going down to the border uh, in Texas with Governor Greg Abbott. If you had a few minutes to speak with Kamala uh, Harris about the immigration situation, what would you tell her? Uh, because after all, Joe Biden put her in charge of the crisis. Uh, by the way, they don't even call it a crisis. I'd say go back to what we were doing. It worked. Not so easy to get back there, however. I had to go through court cases, litigation. We had to win a lot. And uh, stay in Mexico was a very big deal. And we got that, and we got all the other things, and now it's all been uh, blown up. And 
You have millions of people coming into our country, just in case you're not aware of it, millions of people. And many of those people come out of prisons. They allow them to come out of prisons and other places. Uh, what's happening on our border is beyond a crisis. And maybe they won't call it a crisis, but it's beyond a crisis. I've got to ask you here at the end, there's a lot of faithful, uh, not just Trump supporters, but obviously faithful Americans who have lost uh, hope uh, in this country. Uh, what, what do you tell them? How do you, how do you have them keep the faith through these tough times? I tell them to stay tuned. Now, what does that mean? You, I have to ask you a follow-up on that, Mr. President. <laughs> stay tuned that's all i get that's all you get that's what you get and it's uh, we'll see what happens our country is uh is in crisis and we are what's happening with other countries they're eating our lunch they're destroying our country at the border and elsewhere yeah. So stay tuned. Let's see what happens. Fair enough. And in terms Thank of, you, David, very much, David. Mr. President, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You All take right. care of yourself. That Bye. is Donald Trump, the 45th President of the United States, uh, hitting on a whole range of issues, and we will come back and discuss that uh, with Nan Hayward there, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen. A pretty short and sweet interview there. Uh, he's getting some more of them loose cannon journalists and reporters asking him these questions. <laughs> you hear that moment of pause that President Trump, he's, uh, Trump took? He's like, um, yeah, I'm not going to answer that. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that was pretty good. That was pretty interesting. Interesting conversation, I thought. Uh, some good things to fall back on. But yes, indeed, stay tuned. As they say, the best is yet to come. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say, guys. I mean, if you all were over on Twitch, I know you'd be able to take on some of the people in there, but it's really not worth it. We got Katie Man 63 in the house, though. Katie Man, how do you do? Hope you are doing well over there. And I think United Kingdom, right, is where you said you're located. Hope everything is good. Okay, so let's go ahead and knock this knucklehead off. That was a pretty good, uh, pretty good interview there. Now, uh, by way of getting into some of this election audit information that's coming up, uh, well, like I said, it's going to be a pretty light episode tonight. Uh, we do have a little bit of updates. What's going on, in Arizona? What we do know that is. As of today, the state of Oregon had a delegation down in Arizona. We'll get more deets on that as they come. And the state of Washington is next to go. So it seems like we have the Western states finally coming into play. I mean, Nevada snuck in there. No one really knew about Nevada happening until Nevada happened. So that was pretty good. Um, and then uh, let's see, of course, Oregon was in there. I don't know what representatives or senators were there with them, but uh, we'll figure that out. Perhaps we'll have that information to you guys by tomorrow. But that's already more than 20 states um, that have been through the Arizona audit to check out the work that they're doing over there and in, in, in regards to that. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, we have the naysayers out there, uh, those who have not even decided to look on the other side and see what's going on over in this audit, right? They just listen to their talking heads. They listen to their same reporting reporters, uh, whatever it is that these people, and we're actually going to take a look at it, guys. You're going to have to forgive me. But we are going to play some of the opposition's news tonight in just a sec. Um, but you you will always have these people because you see the kind of work that I do is I read the reports from the people that I favor their opinion and I read the reports by the people that I disagree with. 
so that I can come to my own conclusion. Unfortunately, there are a bunch of people out there that don't do that, and they just listen to, uh, and they tell us that we have no proof. They tell us that there is no evidence, but yet the people that they're listening to never offer any evidence in the contrary. I don't understand how these people think they have an argument to stand on, but it's okay. All right, cool. So here, let's do this. We'll start with an update real quick from Dr. Kelly Ward over in Arizona. Now, this is one that came by way of yesterday. Um, and, uh, cause she did an update also today, but today she was mostly piggybacking on, uh, Pennsylvania going up and starting to get their own audit initiated. Cause I kept saying, I think it's going to be Georgia or it's going to be, um, it's going to be, uh, uh, Michigan, but it looks like Georgia, I think is just going to fall apart. I, I really, everything that we've been reporting here, all of the facts and affidavits and, you know, lawsuits that we have been reporting here, I've been showing you guys all of the stuff, all of the documentation, bringing you the receipts. Of course, my, 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 uh, my uh, repeat offender viewers and listeners, you guys know what I'm talking about. But for those of you out here, just like come in and, you know, you're paid to be in the chat room or whatever, like, that stuff is already there, and I, it really looks like Georgia's going to fall apart, okay? Uh, but now it looks like Pennsylvania might be the one to actually call for the next audit, given that Senator Argyle actually moves forward on this. Now, this is the, this is the, this is the jump right here. Senator Argyle, he's the one that heads up the special committee on elections, you know, or, or whatever. He's the chair for that committee. So if he decides to subpoena any information, they're waiting on him to pull the trigger. Senator Argyle was down there with Senator Mastriano when they went to go through uh, the Arizona audit to check it out. Now, Mastriano's ready to jump all over this. Argyle, on the other hand, seems to be, you know, kind of like, uh, I don't know, he's dragging his heels here. He's dragging his heels. Um, and, and indeed, you know, we're going to, we're going to play some of the opposition's reports tonight, just so you can see that we look, I look at both stuff anyways, but anyways, okay. So let's go ahead and check out what, uh, Dr. Kelly Ward had to say yesterday about the Arizona audit updates. Uh, she's kind of talking about, you know, secretary of snakes, Katie schnobs and, uh, what, uh, crack pipe lips, Cooper, Anderson Cooper had to say about the stuff. These guys have no evidence like, We'll take it on a point by point if that's what they want out there. But uh, we'll get to that in just a sec. Let's go ahead and hear what uh, Dr. Kelly Ward has to say. Hello, Arizona. It is time for the daily update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. Arizona Secretary of State, radical leftist liberal Democrat, Katie Hobbs, is on Twitter calling for an end to the full forensic audit of the 2020 Maricopa County election. Again, this time her reason is a story from her allies on CNN who appear to have stolen a story from local reporter, Jen Throwafit Field, without even giving her credit for her misinformation. How dare they? CNN claims that data from the Maricopa County audit was taken to a secure lab somewhere in Montana. They even sent a reporter to Montana to the private property of one of the executives of a company that is a contractor for the forensic audits. 
The network also appears to want to dox the auditor if they can get away with it by just showing a little video highlighting his property and going to Realtor.com to get information about it. The reporter says he did pass no trespassing signs at the Montana property, so he had to resort to drone footage and real estate listings of the property to get out his propaganda. His so-called expose showed a home a rather nice one, and a barn, and a lot of acres. But the CNN flunky informed Anderson Cooper that there was no sign of a secure lab, in his expert opinion. It's oh so mysterious. He also admitted that he had no facts to deal with. He said this, is this the secure, powerful laboratory? Is Arizona voting data inside that cabin? We just don't know, but it could be. Is that supposed to be journalism? Thank goodness President Trump exposed CNN for being fake news and woke up America to the propaganda being spewed by them. The factual information that we have is that the company in question, Cypher, does have a secure lab. It makes sense that they would have a secure lab since the company does work for the United States Department of Defense, the DOD as well as other federal agencies and Fortune 500 companies. While I don't know the particulars about this company, most DOD contractors are required to have security clearances, a fact that media outlets like CNN are ignoring. Over the last year, many of us have learned to work remotely using VPNs or other security measures, it really can be done securely. And I'm sure Cypher knows how. If a Cypher executive is working remotely and securely from his Montana home, how is that a new story? The story should be why the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors will not demand that Dominion hand over the Splunk logs, hardware keys, and passwords subpoenaed by the Arizona State Senate. I'm sure if we got that information, it would assure the Arizona voters that the tabulation machines were never connected to the Internet and also inform us as to where and how they crunched our protected voter data. Leftist Katie Hobbs, who is focused on raising her profile in any way she can to grab on even more power in our state by running for governor, has a vested interest in making sure that nothing negative is found by the Arizona audit. After all, the 2020 election happened on her watch, and she was the statewide official in charge of the elections. Draw your own conclusions. We're going to continue to keep you updated on the audit and on other important issues. And remember, here at the Republican Party of Arizona, it is always America first. See you next time. All right. There goes Dr. Kelly Ward. Yes, we love this woman. She's amazing. Um, I love her Tiffany glass lamp that she has in her older... <laughs> in her older uh her older uh um audit updates there but uh she's taking in a different uh a, a change of view here so it's all good did you guys notice uh, i don't know why i guess i just look at everything what can i say um uh, was it uh um uh 
Vernon Jones. He had he had a pretty nice dry bar in his background <laughs> anyway. So I think I look at these videos too much. All right, so let's go ahead and we'll square away Dr. Kelly Warden. Like I said, she did have an update today, but she was talking pretty heavy about Pennsylvania and how they're going to start uh, looking at moving forward. But again, it's up to Senator Argyle. You know, if you're in Pennsylvania, if you are in the Keystone State, maybe you might want to uh, phone him up or let your other uh, legislators know that you want this audit and to put pressure on Argyle because he is the turnkey there. He is the gatekeeper. And uh, he's recently expressed a desire to do it, but he's not doing anything yet. Like he could issue those subpoenas any day. All right. Now, for all of you out there who are sensitive to the following information, please avert thine eyes. We're about to put some uh, we're about to put some swamp creatures up on the screen. <laughs> all right, guys, I try and give you a warning. Now, ha, ha, lordy, 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 we all know about CIA uh, crack lip pipe uh, crack pipe lips Cooper, right? They seem to come out more and more as he gets older. You know, <laughs> you can't hide them lips anymore. They've been they've been wrapped around that crack crack pipe a bit too much, right? Uh, and then we have Katie Schnobs, uh, Katie Schnobs, one of those Secretary of Snakes out there. Now look at her, guys. Look at her. Look at her. She looks like she's going to cry. She's like, I'm desperate, Cooper. What do I do? Tell me what to say. Give me a line. Throw me a line. Throw me a crack pipe, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> she's desperate. Look at her. She looks like she's failed, guys. She has failed at her job. Her job as uh, assigned to her by, uh, you know, whomever it is that's in charge. You know, I mean, she, she's basically a Soros puppet. She's with the National Association of Secretary of Snakes. You know, uh, go look it up. And uh, as we covered yesterday... Uh, Soros figured out if he gets in bed with that organization, this nonprofit, along with the uh, National Association of Election Directors, that they have a good chance of actually pulling this stuff off, right? Okay, so here we go, guys. Uh, uh, this is basically uh, somewhat in response to what uh, Dr. Kelly Ward was just talking about. Okay, so uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, maybe we'll do a play-by-play. -play. Let's just see the desperation. Let's see the kooky little stories that they try and come up with. What they still toss this story around about bamboo paper? Irrelevant. We all know that there's. We all know that it was CNN and the left. The, these people, they're the ones that came up with this bamboo paper story. None of us actually believe bamboo paper. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, but of course, that is a cover for the other type of forensic investigations that they are doing into this audit, which are already completed in Arizona. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, right, ladies and gentlemen. I know some of you guys know what's up. All right, let's see what they have to say. Is this the uh, volume all the way up on this? Yeah, we're good. If a company chooses, you know, if a private company, which seems to, I mean, our Kelly went down to Florida to try to find their offices and they don't really seem to have offices. They have kind of like shells of offices where people are paid to, I guess, answer a phone uh, for many companies. Uh, and, and some guy in Montana now has some of this data in his house, in his remote house or cabin. I don't know what he's doing with that. What is just, and again, we don't even know really where he is. It, what is to stop, you know, these this company or these people 
from just coming forward and saying, oh, well, these bamboo, these these ballots were made out of bamboo or we found traces of bamboo from them because they were shipped from China. Who's to say? I mean, obviously, it's not the case, but what do you do in that case? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because we think that's exact. There's there is nothing to stop them from saying any of those things. Um, And so what our what we have seen it to be our job to do is to shed light on what's happening in the Coliseum the best we can. We had to go to court to force them to disclose their procedures, allow. Okay, so this she's already telling lies. Okay, she said we had to go to court to force them to disclose their procedures. Yes, they did go to court to force cyber ninjas to disclose their procedures. The judge ruled that those procedures would remain under lock and key. They would remain sealed. That's what the judge ruled. The judge ruled they would be remain in uh, in 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 um, viewable to those who wanted to see them. Now, we all know why the left wanted to see what they were going to do. The left needed to know how they were going to combat that, how they were going to play defense against what Cyber Ninjas was doing. Now, the judge decided, yes, indeed, we will keep these this information sealed. And then what happened? From that same judge's office, the same judge who ruled them to be sealed, they leaked the documents onto the internet from what? It was like 1 p.m. to 6 p.m., something like that. They were available for everyone to see. So they leaked the information even though the judge ruled it. Now, they took him to court for that. They did not win that. But still, that's how they play ball. And Anderson needs to do something about his teeth. Okay, let's see what else she's going to lie. Okay, and then this whole thing about the bamboo paper did not come from anyone at the AZ audit. That myth existed prior to the audit. Do your homework. Independent observers in the room and even allow reporters in the room. Okay, that's another lie. Okay, they okay the people running the arizona audit and we have this on film we have the documentation they ask any members of the democrat party in arizona to join them to be partners with them in this audit every one of the democrats in arizona declined they declined secretary of state snobs here she declined okay and then she's saying that they weren't allowing them in no that's also false Press was always allowed in from the beginning. Yes, they're being vetted. Yes, they're being put in a certain section like the press box or whatever. But she had people that she had sneak in. One Ryan Macias, that's the guy's name. We'll see him in a minute in a pink shirt, okay? And now they're saying, no, God, they're complaining about the pink shirts too. Like, I mean, I thought thought Katie picked that color. I mean, come on, really? She didn't pick that color? Anyways and even allow reporters in the room. Um, and and with that limited transparency, at least we've gotten enough information to be able to say, look, what they're doing here is not an audit. Okay, they're on the floor. She has people that represent her that are walking the floor and that's limited. Okay. They are not following best practices. And they have chain of custody that is far more secure than a Nevada casino. Far more secure. Uh, we've we've heard interviews of uh, several people who have walked that audit floor, and these are people that work. Some of them in in the highest levels of like uh, uh, crime units. We had one guy that was working in New York City on a detective team during 9/11, and he said he'd never seen the immense uh, um, security ever in his life. It was second to none. 
And this woman who could not even, who has, they still have not provided chain of custody in Arizona for all of their absentee ballots. They still have not to this day provided chain of custody. And yet she wants to say that it's not secure and it's fake. Come on, Katie Schnobs. We see right through you. It's not too hard. She looks pretty desperate. There's nothing going on here that lends any credibility to the outcome that's going to come out of it. And so... What is the outcome going to be, Katie Schnobs? There's nothing that lends credibility to the outcome that's going to come out of it. She she can't even get her words straight. Look at this woman. I mean, that's that's what we've been able to do. But but I am concerned about what happens when this report comes out, um, because we know, number one, the election that we certified, um, those certified results are an accurate reflection of. They're an inaccurate reflection. <laughs> Freudian flip. The will of the voters in Arizona. And number two, there's nothing that can be done now to overturn the election, even if this audit was valid. Um, and so, but there are many people, um, I think you said one out of three Americans that believes that Joe Biden was not duly elected. What are they going to do when this report comes out? What are they going to do when this report comes out? That's what she wants to know. Look, she's about to cry. She was probably crying before they got on screen. <laughs> Yes, that's right. One out of three Americans, if not more. That's one third of this country. Now, what do they say? What is the percentage that they say that it takes for people to start a revolution? What is the percentage? Y'all guys know the answer to this. Three percent. It takes three percent of the population to start a revolution. I would say one third of the country is far higher than 3%, but I'm not a mathematician, so I could be wrong, but they want to know. This woman's scared and, and uh, crack pipe lips Cooper over here. I mean, he's like, dang, I'm trying to fish for some good information here, but you're not giving it to me, Katie. Okay, let's take a look at another report from Crack Lip Pipes Cooper, or Crack Pipe Lips. I keep saying that backwards. And uh, let's see what he has to... They talk... Oh, my God. This one was funny because they're like, they're like, they made them wear pink shirts. <laughs> I was like, really? You guys are going to be complaining about pink shirts? Give me a break. Okay, all right. Let's see. And the, okay, the guys in the... The people in the pink shirts, that is... Secretary of Snakes, Katie Schnobs, those are her people on the floor, including the one Ryan Macias who went in there pretending to be a reporter and got his butt busted. So then they brought him back in as one of her representatives. I guess she fought to have them on there, but reporters were already in there. Everything was already happening. Like these people, they, uh, I mean, we do our homework here at the Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. When last we saw CNN's Kyung La, she was chasing Pennsylvania state lawmakers, not in Pennsylvania, but in Phoenix, Arizona. They were visiting the bogus ballot review going on there, apparently intent on trying something similar back home. In a moment, we'll be joined by Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor. But first, a new development in Arizona, <laughs> fresh evidence that what Democrats and some Republicans are calling a sham is precisely that. It comes from Arizona's secretary of state, whose office is... See, he says it's a sham. He says it's a sham, and everyone over here, yeah, they listen to him. Uh, look, look at that. Look at his, look at his lips, guys. Look at, see that crack pipe is not doing good for his teeth. Like it's leaving like this little indenture right here, probably shifting his teeth around. His upper lip, it doesn't even move anymore because it's like you know he's been sucking on that. Crack irregularities <laughs> in the operation. Once again, Sinan's Kyung Law. 
It's been a mystery from the start why the so-called audit workers all wear color-coded t-shirts, but two are in pink shirts, but not... Okay, so in case you guys missed the episode where we played this, they explained what the different shirts mean. Now, the pink shirts, of course, stand for Katie Schnobbs' henchmen who come in there and review the audit, okay? They had to break down all of them. It was like the yellow ones were doing the absentee ballots. The green ones were doing the forensics. The purple, the blue ones were runners. Like it's already been broken down. Go do your homework if you don't. I mean, everyone in the foxhole guys and Katie Mann over here, I know you guys know what we're talking about, but to all the other viewers out there that have no idea or no clue, go look it up before you engage us. It's you guys, y'all are funny. Y'all are, are a hoot unpartisan observers representing the Arizona Secretary of State's office told by the company leading the audit that they need to wear them. Now, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs thinks she's figured it out. What we've noticed is that they are using these shirts to label our observers as pinko commies, that the shirt made him look like a transgender. Uh okay, and who said that, do you think? Who do you think said that? And this is the woman who thinks she can run for governor for the state of Arizona. Right, Katie. Right. You've done such a good job. I'm sure George Soros is going to help you. Right. Um, which I don't even know what that means. So it's a joke? I, I don't. I mean, I think this whole thing is a joke. The pink shirts are one of the more eye-popping details in a summary report from Hobbs's office, detailing a slew of problems with his ballot review of Maricopa County's 2020 ballots. Observers noted more than a dozen serious problems from an unattended and open security gate. Okay, so that was debunked. That was debunked. One of the visiting reporters that had approval to come in, they propped it open with a rock so that people could sneak in. Debunked. Errors with the software update used to examine ballots. So problematic, they ditched it and went back to the... That was addressed by Secretary of State former Ken Bennett immediately. He addressed that issue with the software as well as the next issue with the pens. He addressed it immediately, totally transparent, laid it out there on the table, didn't have any problem. Yes, there was two blue pens on the floor. Yes, they were taken care of immediately. I don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, how many ballots do you think they marked? I don't know. Who, who even cares to speculate, right? I do, but I mean, ultimately, they're also on camera. Old software and a cell phone brought to the floor. Observers say that cell phone was carried by one of the leaders of the so-called audit, despite rules prohibiting them, and security using what appears to be an anti-spy detector daily on the Coliseum floor. And then there's this. There were two instances where black pens were again on the on the counting floor. Can you see how this is all that they have? This is all that they have. And then this. Yes, there were pens on the floor. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. It's so hilarious the way these people lay this story out. But yet they want all of these yahoos out here to be like totally like... <gasps> But I mean, I mean, I'll really off that all they have to say is that this was not real. All they have to say is it's a sham audit and people will believe and they will not even do their own reconnaissance to save their own dignity. It's OK. It's OK. We still love them. Maybe. I failed as an Arizona Republic reporter. Pen color is a big deal because blue and black pens can be used to alter ballots during an audit. She pointed out weeks ago to the cyber ninja. Wait, 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 wait. President Biden loves chocolate, chocolate ice cream. This just in on the C-Report. Yeah. 
was the hired contractor conducting the ballot exercise for the Arizona Senate. He went and checked. He came back to me and said, you know what, we're going to remove the blue pens. We're going to use green pens instead. So you noticed the problem before Cyber Ninjas did. I did. Does this strike you as a reporter covering this uh, like a big deal? It strikes me as uh, showing that they may not have experience doing election audits before. The Cyber Ninjas are a little-known tech company hired out of Florida for the so-called audit, a third review run by the Republican-controlled Arizona Senate, despite two previous audits conducted by Maricopa County. In response, audit spokesman Ken Bennett tells CNN that he, quote, laughed out loud when he read Hobbs's report, calling it, quote, untrue to inconsequential to a bunch of BS. He also called the observers biased, saying no one picked on them for the pink shirts. But Hobbs says her report seeks to rebut what she expects will be the final report from the cyber ninjas and Arizona Senate Republicans. The next chapter of the big lie. I saw Senate President Karen Fan say to you last week that we're setting the gold standard here in Arizona. And this will be the basis of a gold standard. There is nobody involved with any type of audit in any industry who would say that what's going on here is a gold standard. Yeah, that's because all of the accredited auditors that they use, uh, they're very well cherry picked by the EAC, which is uh, um, which is an agency that's basically been falling apart. It's underfunded, right? Underfunded, understaffed. The IFO worked for Dominion for ten years, okay, and 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 also working on this uh, this agency within this agency was someone who was uh, put there by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, one Philip Stark, who also did the audit over in New Hampshire. Okay, so obviously they're going to know who to choose to, to perform these audits that uh, are accredited by the EAC when their machines are not even certified since 2017, which means that every, was well, 2017, that means every single election from 2017 forward should be rendered null and void. They're not certified. They forgot to certify their machines, ladies and gentlemen. That means the 2018 primary uh, uh, elections and that uh, election cycle plus the 2020, every single person in those election cycles need to be unseated. The last certified election that we had was 2016 when the Republicans had the House, the Senate, and the executive, Okay. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Like, do your homework. I'm not talking to you guys in Foxhole or Katie Mann. I'm talking to the others. Do your homework. We know the truth about the 2020 election and that the results we certified were an accurate reflection of the will of the voters. And um, this process is is not. Ben Kim joins us now from Phoenix. There are Republicans in Maricopa County that are trying to fight against the big lies. Some are making the connection to the so-called audit and the former president's you know, believing he'll be reinstated in August. Yeah, we're actually hearing from them more and more. And we just saw this tweet from Maricopa County Supervisor Bill Gates. He's been really one of the more active and vocal Republicans here in the county saying, look, this is this is a lie. And what he tweeted was that the audit is feeding into that conspiracy theory uh, for his desired quote unquote yeah, and we all need to believe Bill Gates, right? Because everyone trusts that name, right? Okay, now let's not forget that Bill Gates's wife is also a presiding judge over there in Maricopa County. And she also had her hand in choosing some of the judges, kind of bit them in the butt, 
right? It kind of bit them in the butt because the judge that she selected, the wife of this guy who sits on the Maricopa County Board of Election Supervisors, who's also against this audit, they chose a judge who was also put in by none other than Janet Napolitano in Arizona, all these diehard Dems, and he actually moved it forward. <laughs> I'm sure they were like, oh my God, this guy was supposed to be on our side. Oh yeah, we don't trust Bill Gates, but I mean, obviously someone like Crackpipe Lips Cooper would. I think that's going to be his nickname here at the Sea Report. I don't know. <laughs> reinstatement. Now, this is the important part. He tweets that Republicans must stand up to this madness and defend the rule of law. Silence is becoming complicity. It is something that we keep hearing about, Anderson, in this state. Is it going to be fact or fiction with some report Republicans choosing fact and others continuing to follow this audit? Yeah. Well, at least she didn't call it fiction because uh, it's pretty real, ladies and gentlemen. It is pretty real. They're pretty scared. They don't even know how to cover this. They don't even know how to handle this because this is so outside of their realm. It's so outside of their realm. Let's 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 talk a little bit about the criminality, though, that we might be seeing here, because after all, um, um, the Republican Senate, you know, the Arizona Senate, they subpoenaed uh, what was it, the routers and stuff like that, and they still haven't handed it over. Like they still have not handed it over. And we were having a conversation, I think, about uh, uh, um, how far along this audit was coming. And uh, I was like, no, it's going to be over sooner than later because like they already finished the forensics. They already, oh no, they already finished the hand count. Now they're doing the forensics. Of course, now they have to do some of the braille ballots and stuff like that. Um, but if they haven't gotten the router information, uh, uh, the data was retrieved. So I guess maybe they're just waiting to see if they're going to be, uh, if the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors are going to be in defiance of a court order, because basically that's what's happening. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to see what happens. Um, but uh, let's see what, uh, let's see what uh, SOS former Ken Bennett had to say about it. He's the liaison there. Oh, whoops, I shrank it. He's the liaison oh, there. I'm, hey! <laughs> I'm not ready for you yet, Ken. He is the, he is the liaison over there uh, at the Arizona Maricopa County um, election audit 2020. That's all I had to say. Okay. I'll give him the full screen. Conrad's Gateway Pundit. I'm here with Ken Bennett. How's it going, Mr. Bennett? Going well. Thank you. It's good. So it's the last week of counting. Can you tell us about what's going on on the floor? Well, there's a few little uh, holdovers on the counting side. The last three boxes that we haven't touched yet are the Braille ballots. We've got um, two or three uh, Braille readers who are going to be in tomorrow morning uh, to deal with those ballots. Uh, everything else has um, been counted. Uh, there's some double checking going on. Um, and then most of the activity on the floor has to do with the paper evaluation. So we're set to be done on Saturday, right? Uh, at the pace we're making, um, we should be done this week, yes. That is awesome. And so what about the subpoenaed information, uh, the passwords? And we're, the still, we're still pushing the county for uh, uh, some of the information that we've not received. Um, and But I think the focus is getting these two phases, the, the hand count and the paper evaluation done. Uh, and we'll turn our focus to getting some of the other information that didn't come over. So you're, are you guys going to have to take criminal action to get that Well, I hope not. I hope not. I, um, I believe that they will uh, provide us what we need by subpoena. Um, 
both, you know, the county and the Senate both know that the Maricopa County Superior Court uh, judge has ruled that the county's or that the Senate subpoenas are are valid and, and need to be complied with. So we hope things will go smoothly. All right. And then can we talk about the end of legislative session here in okay. Arizona? The Senate's going home. What What is going to happen with the, the end of the audit? And Well, obviously, uh, if we find things that need to be fixed in Arizona election laws or procedures uh, in the audit, we would love to have those things considered this year for passage of corrections to those state laws instead of waiting for next year. Because if you, if you put it in the regular session next year and the session doesn't end until May or June, like this year did, then those bills don't become effective until 90 days later. By that time, you're well into the election of 2022. So one way or another, I personally hope that uh, the legislature and the governor will find a way to either keep the legislative session open, uh, maybe recess instead of signing die, or a, a commitment maybe to come back for a special session later this fall uh, so that these uh, corrections, if we find any, um, can be made this year and be in effect for next year instead of being made next year and not effect until 2024. All right. So what, what can the regular citizens do to make sure that these corrections are made this year? Not well, this year? Uh, they can contact their state representatives and state senators. I encourage them to... Um, be open to uh, consider any recommendations that come out of the audit uh, and get those things uh, taken care of this year uh, so that they are in effect for next year. All right. Thank you, Ms. Okay. Thank you. All right. That does that, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, I mean, okay, we got, we got that down, guys. We got that down. Um, but speaking of which, uh, Jordan Conradson, brought up a very good point in regards to the Arizona legislature, legislatures. Uh, they are planning to adjourn their legislature for the year. So that means that uh, they're going to go home and they're not going to reconvene until January. Now, if this thing don't end until August, um, that puts us in a kind of a hairy situation it's a bit of a sticky situation, you know what I mean? Because uh, they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and adjourn. Is what sign dying? I think is is the term for it. Uh, pr forgive me if my uh, my Latin is not pronounced well, but uh, that's what they're looking to do now. Uh, here's some of the information on that. Uh, now, typically they actually adjourn in May. But since, you know, we're in disaster and we're in audit mode, uh, they haven't adjourned yet, but they're looking to do it at the end of this month. Okay. So if the Arizona Senate, if they adjourn and they go home until January, that'll be before the audit has produced their report and legislation can be created. So they won't be able to act on it. Just like uh, Secretary of State former Ken Bennett pointed out, he wants to make sure that they can take care of any, you know, laws that need to be passed or looked at or examined this year. Otherwise, they'll be well into the 2022 election cycle by the time they adjourn. I mean, they come back, uh, they Congress again, they re or, you know, yeah, Congress. So um, if they do not, if they do not delay the sign die, yeah, that's what it is. The session's ending. Uh, new election laws will not be created until they meet again in January. And if it's found that fraud occurred in Maricopa County, the legislature will not be able to consider withdrawing their electors. They would have to call a special, a special legislation um, in order for that to happen. 
Uh, and that would be up to Governor Ducey. He'd have to call a special session. Now, we all know Governor Ducey has also been dragging his heels on a lot of this stuff as well. Mr. Baducey spells like Baducey, right? Um, and so uh, what is he going to do? What are they going to do? You know, so at the same time we're talking about this, it, I guess it really would be up for those in Arizona to make sure they get in contact or do what they have to do, you know, to make sure that the legislators in Arizona uh, do not adjourn their session for the year. Do not go home. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 or Zuckerbucks on their way uh, to a holiday away from having to make um, these types of legislative decisions. Uh, speaking of Zuckerbucks, we also have Zuckerberg in the news again. Do I have some? Ah, oh, God. You guys, I spared you that picture. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. That's not what we're looking for. Okay. We'll keep this guy up here. All right, let's talk real quick about Mark Zuckerberg and also uh, Zuckerbucks being uh, pumped into the legislature, uh, being pumped into the states and the counties and the municipalities in order to give progressive and Democrat areas uh, uh, an edge, an advantage, a boost um, in regards to uh, the money that they need to support uh, everything that they're doing during the 2020 election. Now, we've talked extensively about the Center for Tech and Civic Life here on the C-Report. We've talked about how this nonprofit organization, which was given $350 million by Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, Miss Chan, um, that they went ahead and did this. Now, the purpose of that money was supposed to be for PPE, personal protective uh, equipment, during the COVID crisis, right? That's what it was supposed to be for. But they're finding that a lot of this stuff actually went to other things, including, you know, boosting up, uh, you know, like elec election areas, uh, you know, uh, uh, and also hiring and staffing, um, all this other stuff, right? So uh, this article I have here says that a group of House Republicans sent a letter on Monday to left-leaning group Center for Tech and Civic Life, calling on them to explain where the hundreds of millions of dollars they were given during the COVID-19 pandemic went, saying the group spent less than 1% on personal protective equipment. And that's what this was supposed to be for. It was supposed to make the elections safe. OK, but that's not what this money was used on. The Daily Caller, they obtained a letter which was spearheaded by Republican New York, uh, sorry, uh, Representative Claudia Tenney, who um, was joined by 13 others. And in the letter, they mentioned that CTCL, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, gave $350 million to 2,500 election officials in 48 states and in the District of Columbia in 2020. So here's a copy of that letter. We'll go and expand that for you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait, I'm shrinking up. My bad. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. All right. It's not a long letter. We'll just take a look at it real quick. It says, during the 2020 election cycle, the Center for Tech and Civic Life distributed $350 million to nearly 2,500 election officials in 48 states and the District of Columbia. Unfortunately, now more than seven months past the election day, the American people have yet to receive a full accounting of exactly how this enormous sum of money was distributed. As such, we write to urge you that immediately publish CTCL's financial 990s for public review, as is your legal obligation as a registered 501c3. Designated as COVID-19 response grants, the hundreds of millions in CTCL grant money were marked as funds available to election officials to safely serve every voter during the COVID-19 pandemic. However, 
The current data available shows that less than 1% of funds were spent on personal protective equipment. If true, the American public deserves to know how the other 99% of these grants were spent. Many state and local entities have reported spending your grant money on expenses as varied and unrelated to COVID-19 as advertising, designing absentee ballots, registering teen voters, automatic voter registration, and even pay raises and new vehicle purchases. An election supervisor in Lowndes County, Georgia, stated that CTCL was very lenient regarding what we could spend the money on. They put virtually no restrictions on it as long as it relates to the election. Furthermore, it appears that 92% of CTCL grants were given to overwhelmingly Democrat-leaning precincts. Pennsylvania State Representative Eric Nelson raised concerns which, with certain counties receiving disproportionate funding, stating, I just felt ethically it was disturbing to me that the private grant distribution was happening and it was not happening evenly between counties. These reports and others have raised red flags around the country and states are now taking action to prohibit this type of outside investment in the future. To date, 12 states have or are planning to introduce legislation to prohibit election officials from accepting private funds. Given the serious questions and inconsistencies surrounding CTCL grants, it is especially vital that your organization promptly release its full financial data so the public can properly assess the influence of this $350 million during the 2020 election signed Claudia Tenney, Elise Stefanik, Mike Garcia, John Rose, Scott Fitzgerald, Glenn Grotham, Grothman, Andy Harris, MD, Clay Higgins, Thomas Tiffany, uh, Gregory F. Murphy, MD, Peter Stauber, Brian Babin, Dan Mouser, and Doug Lamalfa. So those are the people who have signed this order. So yeah, it, I mean, it's, I mean, come on, guys. We've talked about CTCL. We've talked about this uh, Civic uh, Center for Tech and Civic Life, and and their other umbrella organizations that fall underneath them. How they uh, they spent all this money. Uh, a huge amount in Georgia and in Wisconsin. They caused the Wisconsin Five to basically violate their city charter and their state constitution by allowing them to run the elections for them as opposed to their county clerks. Uh, so that's a bunch of stuff that's going on here. Um, and we'll see where this goes uh, because it seems like uh, Zuckerberg is coming under fire more and more for something. This is going everywhere. And again, guys, if this did not happen in 2020, then most definitely, most definitely, we would not see who all the players are. We would not see how they do it. This is a long game, and this is the way that they played it. Like we showed yesterday, Soros knew back in 2004 that he had to infiltrate the SOSs and the national director election directors. Okay, 16 years plus, right? He knew 16 years ago plus that he needed to do this. And now he's seeing the fruits of his labor in 2020. But we, by Trump taking a step back and everyone waking up to this election fraud, can now see how they do it. And we will better be able to safeguard and protect ourselves so that after 2020, indeed, the elections will be secure. All right, guys. So that's the last I got on election audit news for tonight. I hope that was entertaining, if not mildly. Um, let's go ahead and get on the air. We're going to wrap up tonight with a interview, an interview between John Solomon and Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. 
he went on with John Solomon Reports over there at Just the News, uh, and they had a pretty good conversation. Uh, they talk a little bit about uh, the G7 and President-elect Biden's performance and how embarrassing and shameful it was for the United States. My words, not his. Also, they talk about China. Uh, they talk about the optics of China versus Biden versus Trump and the way that looked. And then also a lot on election integrity. So uh, this is a pretty good uh, interview. I thought I'd wrap up and share with you guys for tonight. If you haven't heard it yet, I know we got a lot of General Flynn fans in the house. So I thought I would share this with you guys. Let's go ahead and uh, give them our attention. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you guys on the flip side. Hey folks, John Solomon here, and I've warned you about home title theft in the past. That's when cyber thieves remove you from your home's title, and they become the owner. Now that's scary, right? I said, you better get home title locked because it's coming. Well, <laughs> sorry, that was an ad from John Solomon. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, General Mike Flynn is joining us. General, it's great to have you on the show. John, thank you so much for having me, and I know you have a terrific audience, and I uh, really appreciate uh, many of your audience and their support of everything that uh, they've done for me over the last four years of my political persecution. <laughs> and frankly, what you're doing, what you're doing for the uh, for journalism, I, I will tell you that, I, you know, I mean, uh, fair, uh, investigative, tough journalists are hard to find, and you're one of the you're at the very top uh -huh. of that list. We're very kind to say so. And, and, and you've really been uh, an amazing, I'm serious about that. I mean, Thank there's you. very, very few people that I pay attention to or listen to or read uh, in, in the country because the journalist profession has just gone astray. But yeah. you have continued to be that sort of guiding light out there. So thanks for doing that. Well, we greatly appreciate it that you're saying that. And I, I love what I do. You know, last night I had a chance to, uh, to MC an event for the Tunnels to Towers Foundation and I was surrounded all night by american heroes people have lost limbs and legs and loved yeah. ones uh and it reminds you that i get to do every day what i do freely to write and report because there are so many men and women like you who served that uh, have yeah. defended our freedom and so um my hats are off to you what i do is a tiny little bit compared to those great heroes and yourself included so yeah. greatly appreciate that I want to start off because you are obviously one of the most important uh, national security thinkers in, in the conservative side of and really in all of the country. Um, we just had the G7 summit. We had these weird moments. I know uh, uh, Biden had his classic flubs and dubs, but there was a moment like where he told uh, the Russian uh, leader that he, he couldn't attack 16 of our sectors. And I kept wondering, well, why why shouldn't we tell him he can't attack any of our sectors? I'm just curious um, when you look back, what, what was the G7 on the world stage and, and how are Americans digesting it? Well, I think, first of all, fewer and fewer Americans are actually paying attention to the foreign activities of this particular administration. And I think it's because the lack of, of, uh, of trust or confidence in this, this administration's ability uh, and many, and many uh, reasons why, but Principally, the reasons are just lack of confidence in the leader and the leadership abilities of the administration. And also some of the, you know, even the, the as, you caught, as you described it, flubs and dubs leading up to the G7. The, the G7, though, to be very specific about the G7, the G7 is an opportunity for the United States of America to continue to, to demonstrate its 
global leadership on the world stage. Right. And in a way that the we have always done that over over you know generations really, or certainly the last couple of last uh, couple of decades and different presidents, and that includes Obama as well as Bush and going back to Clinton and all the different uh, presidents, and obviously President Trump, who was really a tough leader. Um, and in this case, the G7 uh, showed America as being very weak and very weak need, and in, and uh, you know get past the the flubs of of, uh, of uh, Biden and can get into the substance of what was discussed and some of the things that they're talking about. So the outcome of the G7 for all your listeners is that this particular G7 was about globalization and yeah. how we can more how Great we point. can shift more towards globalization than America first in our case, right? I mean, you, you think that a president of the United States would go over there with with American uh, requirements first and foremost at the, at the top of the list and what 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 is best for America and not what's best for the globe and what's not what's best for the, the sort of the globalization effort, particularly in areas of climate change, uh, use of different types of energy resources, uh, the, you know, the backing down on, on trade agreements and such. And also uh, not examining really, really no examination of the various conflicts that are going on around the world that we're all still involved in. I mean, this is a, this is going to be the 20th year anniversary of 9-11. So, so there was a lot of things that weren't discussed, but the things that were discussed had to do more with globalization instead of America first from an American perspective. That's the, that's the, uh, the, the principal thing. The, the second big point really had to do with the, uh, the, the bilateral uh, conversation between uh, Putin and Biden. And it was very clear to me, and I, I've been involved in my own, I've done a lot of bilats as a senior intelligence officer right. with different countries. I you know I, I know what a bilat is, and I know in, what, what happens inside the room when it's just the two uh, leaders, in that case, uh, Biden and Putin. And they have, they have interpreters in there because, you know, this is the game that everybody plays. And, uh, and so uh, I, I, it was clear to me when Biden came out of that meeting that uh, Putin definitely got under his skin. I mean, it, it was so obvious in his responses and his sort of, you know, he, he was a little bit, uh, you know, irritable. He was, he was agree. irritable during that, during that, uh, during that press, press conference. Yeah, he snapped at that reporter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, he was just irritable. And it just, to me, it meant, it meant that Putin really got under his skin. And I understand just from the, just from the numbers that I think, you know, Biden took maybe 15 or 17 questions. And I think Putin took, you know, like 35 questions or 33 questions. after. Right. Yeah, th those things matter. Those matter because it's, you know, it's, you, you want to have an open and honest discussion about, you know, between two uh, very powerful nations and we, and we America want, you know, the Americans that are paying attention want to hear about what, what's our relationship going to be because this is a nation that we spent 40 years in the Cold War, trying, you know, staring each other down, and uh, we don't want that again. What we really want is we want to build alliances around the world. Doesn't mean that we have to, you know, like the way they operate or like their ideologies, but we cannot be building enemies. We've got to be building uh, these friendships. And and I just I just found the stark difference between uh, Putin and Biden not coming out together. Right, not standing yeah. on, on a day together to have a conversation with the world stage, because I think that would have been a, that would have sent a much stronger 
uh, leadership presence for, for for Joe Biden, but I don't think he, I honestly don't think that he's got the uh, the, the stamina uh, or the or the, the the mental resilience to be able to do that kind of thing. I mean, I just don't, I don't see it, and I'm not a doctor, but I just don't see it. I mean, I know that there's members of Congress that are calling for, you know, him to have a, uh, a, a you know a mental health check, I guess, right. or a physical right. health check. So I mean, I think that's important. I think that's important. So. Let me ask you from a strategic. All, all in all, John. Yeah, all in all, John. I think that it was really one of globalization and not necessarily one of America first. Yeah, no, that's clearly. In fact, I was talking to a European ambassador. Uh, I guess it was Friday uh, before I left town for a meeting, and uh, he said it's good to see America deferential again. I guess he was referring back to the Obama years, and I just thought I've never heard a world leader call the United States deferential. We usually are the leader. We're the guys that step into the void, and to have a European right. ambassador say that to me. Uh, just affirms everything you just said. It, it's really remarkable. I want to ask you, uh, because stagecraft matters in diplomacy, right? And a lot of the people I've talked to said that it, it was a strategic mistake for Biden not to be on stage because Biden would, or, um, Putin wouldn't have said some of the things he said in his own news conference if he was standing alongside the president. And by, by divorcing the two news conferences, he gave Putin a free shot to you know, to, uh, to lob bombs at the United States with no response. Do you agree with those who think that Biden should have should have sat there because it's the right thing to do in a diplomatic setting? Absolutely. I mean, it shows it shows confidence in yourself. It shows confidence in your uh, in, in our American foreign policies. And it shows confidence in our ability to deal, you know, on a on a physical level as well as an intellectual level with. Uh, a nation like Russia, I mean, uh, you know, or with any any nation uh, that, that is on the world stage, which Russia is clearly on. Yeah. So uh, I think that it really demonstrated a lack of confidence in our current, you know, in, in, in the current president that we have. I mean, I mean, this is to me, it showed it shows showed his own lack of confidence in himself yeah. and definitely his team. And then to, to just little dynamics, because this is really important, little dynamics like they drag Biden out. And I think it was like 87 degrees. It was a hot day. He comes up to the podium and he takes his jacket off and drops it on the ground. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, even the people around him, like the aide de camp that are around the president of the United States, which I know, I know a little bit about. They, I mean, nobody was there to like to you know to help him. That's a weird moment. Into a hot, yeah, it was a very very weird. Yeah, it was it was totally inappropriate for how his team set him up. To be the you know the leader quote unquote the leader of the free world and and make him look like you know like it was a uh, like it was a, you know a rookie day like a rookie moment and, yeah. and and you can't do that John in these in these global bilateral uh, um, you know requirements that we have as the, as a as a nation state as the United States of America especially when it comes to Russia Biden should have demanded that they stood up there and stage to together and he should have presented himself as a real leader. And uh, and we did not. And that tells me that told me and after listening to his responses, I said to my to my friends we were listening to it with, I said, boy, Putin must have gotten under his skin. Yeah, no, there was a You're right. There was a cantankerousness about him that signaled something that went on behind the scenes. I want to right. stay in the world stage just for one minute. because I want to get to election integrity because you've been an important voice there. But, uh, we, you know, this was G7. This was Russia. We seem to have fumbled that moment. But we've got a bigger opportunity coming up with China. Our China, uh, our uh, China challenges are probably much larger than they've ever been. Certainly during the years when President Trump was there, we had China in a box. Now that's all been let out. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, how concerned are you about the U.S. posture to China under Biden? And what things would you recommend uh, we do? What, what's the right way to go at China at this moment where they're you know, barreling over people in Hong Kong, uh, refusing access to the Wuhan lab? Uh, what do you think we should be doing? Yeah, this, this actually, this is one where I would probably recommend more of a confrontational, um, uh, you know, meeting between, uh, President and, and the Premier, right? And, right. and uh, Xi and Xi and, and Biden. But I don't think it's going to be that way. But I would recommend that. I would recommend that if it were, if it were Trump, I would say you need to be sort of on your, on your game, on your A game. You need to get in there and you need to confront China on a bunch of different things, a whole laundry list. Before you start talking about, you know, trade and and uh, global economics and all the other nonsense that I know they're going to talk about, they matter, but but they don't matter to the American people right now. And they don't matter to the world, actually, especially when it comes to Wuhan. I, I think what we're going to see, you're going to see Putin, or I'm sorry, you're going to see um, Xi and, uh, and Biden have a joint press conference. I think that that's going to be very clear. I think you're going to see Xi be in a much more dominant leadership uh, presence, and uh, and there's going to be some, you know, like buddy buddy kinds of things. Like we we know each other, we you know worked with each other for a long time. We get along with each other. There's going to be a lot of sort of gladiating and, and patting on the back. But I think I think Xi, in no uncertain terms, is going to stand up in an audience in that audience where they're going to do a joint press conference at, at the end of this thing. And uh, because if they don't, if they don't, that that signal is going to tell you everything you need to know about where America stands when it comes to China, because it, it actually should be us demanding that Biden and uh, and G stand up together on a dais. And now is when boy Biden better have gotten a nice a nice rest and uh, and, and better be on his A game to be able to stand there and and respond to to what I believe will be tough questions from the international community, the press press corps, and also from uh, from other press agencies uh, from this this country that are going to, that are starting to ask tougher and tougher questions of yeah they sure of, are. Uh, of Biden yeah they are they are yep. because they know that there's a problem I mean they know there's a problem and there's a lot of buyer's remorse out there from this from this election um, and so I just think that they have to stand together with the, the Biden has to stand there with Gene. he's got to he's got to show that he's he is not his puppet because a lot of people believe that and there's a lot of evidence to show that. That the you know the Biden uh, family and all the kinds of things that are that are you know that we all know to be true with Hunter Biden and all this other stuff and some of other of the other family members that we know to be true from evidence that's already come out. Right. Uh, that Biden really is going to have to shine. This is going to have to be like his moment, and it and it has to be incredibly strong. I will tell you that John that that the Chinese will listen to this podcast. They will listen to this podcast. They listen to everything. They do. They consume everything. Right yeah. They consume everything. And they're going to be, they're going to be, uh, th- this meeting they know is an opportunity for Xi to, to step above everybody else and all of the prey and appear as the new world leader on the global stage. That's where we're at right now. And that is very, very important. Um, you know, one little tidbit, uh, is that, when we start looking at global currency, most people haven't, most people didn't know this, but like Russia just changed from uh, trade, trading global currency on the U.S. dollar to the yuan wow. about a month ago. Yeah, about a month That's ago. That's a big signal. And they also, it's huge, it's huge signal to the yuan and to the euro, no, no longer the U.S. dollar. 
and and for Russia, who has you know who is a you know Russia is really it, it's a it's it's a nation state, but it's really one big you know business. It's a big you know it's a big crime organization, you know. So, but when they when a big nation state like that changes their currency away from the United States to the in this case to the yuan and to the euro, that signals that signals a major shift in and who they think is the global superpower. So, so Biden needs to, and his team needs to really step up and whatever, you know, vitamins he needs to get, he needs to get them that day. <laughs> and he, they, they need to, they need to demand that it is a joint press conference and, and Joe Biden better be ready for that one. Cause I know. Jesus. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Kevin McCarthy had an interesting uh, interview Sunday night where he called for about six things against China. Uh, move the games out, uh, the winter games out, reduce uh, visas here, uh, you know, take actions that really tell China we're done with the games. Uh, we, you know, you owe the world and us a lot for what you did on COVID, what you've done to Hong Kong, what you've done, you know, what you're threatening to do with Taiwan. Do you think that that's how confrontation we should get? Yeah, I, I actually think so. A, a couple of things. Number one, we should be very, very certain and we should be very clear about our policy on Taiwan. Uh, you, you don't even hear about the, the the freedom protest in Hong Kong anymore. Remember last summer was a, they were like every day and there was you don't even hear about them anymore. They crushed those. So we got to be very clear about about the physical confrontation, uh, particularly in the region in the Pacific region. I think we have to be very clear about what our policies are in, in no uncertain terms. If uh, in terms of, of athletic games. If our if our large athletic organizations weren't so damn political, John, yeah. then I would say, you know what? Don't hurt these athletes. Let them go out there and participate. But these these you know the the Olympic Committee for the United States and the World Olympic Committee and all these other athletes who have gotten involved in in uh, in the political discourse of of the United States of America, who use it as a platform to to show their idea their political ideology. If, they, if there weren't so many doing that these days, I would say, you know what, don't cancel those games because, you know, as an athlete and as somebody who's worked hard to, to do different things, I mean, right. I would I would not want to penalize the athletes. But because the athletes are now uh, involved in the in politics and the political discourse, they are hurting themselves and they're hurting their, their those men and women who are training really hard their entire lives to be, you know, the best athlete in the world at something. Yeah. They're hurting each other. By getting involved and just instead just keep your mouth shut and go break some records and uh, and <laughs> a novel idea yeah right, you know what and do that instead of instead of worrying about you know what the ideology is of yep. of, uh, of, the, of America or whether the flag is the right flag or not give me a break so so I am a little bit mixed I would rather the athletes continue to to train and and you and you play in those games but what it does is it allows China to have a big political voice and yep. allows these Great point. You know, these damn athletes to have some political say. These are I'm talking about American athletes. Knock the nonsense off. You know, nobody nobody wants to listen to your political views. What they want to watch is that you break a world record in the hundred meter or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. Represent our country and win. That's an important Represent thing. Represent our country yeah. and win. I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. I, that's what I want to see. Get out there and kick some rear end and uh, <laughs> and break some records and and don't worry about the politics because when you start worrying about the politics as an athlete. Then you're hurting your you're hurting your 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 career field, right? You're hurting yeah. the, the the way we that we've always been with, especially with amateur athletics. We don't want to have amateur athletics get involved in the political 
discourse, but the but the you know the World Olympic Committee does. They do it all the time. Yeah, and yeah. so does the U.S. Olympic Committee. So true. There's a big, long, long record of it. All right, in the five minutes we have left, I want to pivot to another issue that I know is very important to you, and uh, it's very important to us here at Justin News. We've been doing an election integrity investigation since the uh -huh. second week of November. We had all these documents that we forced into light through Georgia last week, and they really showed just how bad things Atlanta were, much more worse than what the Secretary of State Rassenberger made it look like in, in the time you know between Election Day and January when he did that famous six minutes, everything's okay in Georgia interview. As you look out now, you get the Arizona audit, the Georgia audit, you get Michigan and Pennsylvania thinking about doing it. Do you think the tide is turning? And, that, you know, one of the things that I think the Democrats try to do is say, if there's no fraud, everything's fine. But in the, even in the absence of fraud, if there was gross malfeasance, mismanagement, elections can be swung by pure incompetence. Are you, uh, in, you know, are you uh, happy to see that these legislatures and other bodies are now beginning to dig into the details? Yes, because the one thing that we have that makes us all equal in this nation, one thing, and that is our vote. Doesn't matter if you're if you're a person with very little means or if you're a person with a lot of means. When you go into that voting booth, you're equal, and that's the beauty of our constitutional republic. And right now, the American public do not trust our elections. They, they do not feel that there's any integrity in our election process or system. So, the audit out in Maricopa County is a is you know is is a huge one, and I think that they're going to find. In fact, I saw some some uh, some evidence and news. Uh, from, I think it's uh, uh, Kelly Towns and yeah. Towns and out of Arizona right. uh, talking about, hey, we might not even have all the votes that they that were that were cast. There's 2.1 million votes that that uh, the governor of, uh, of Arizona talked about counting when they did their quote unquote original audit. Now they're doing this this forensic audit, which is much thorough. So the so people people want to, to know the truth and the the number of resources that are being pushed against the fight against discovering the truth is just outrageous. So, you know, and everybody, the American people are watching that. So let's jump to, to Georgia because, uh, and, and uh, I, I read both your, your breaking news articles and just the news yeah. uh, Thursday night, I believe uh, there was two great articles and I, and I, you, you know, you post them online or something, but they were terrific. One of them had to do with a, a contractor who was part of the election process. And he kept like a 20 page diary. And I yeah. that whole thing. And I, I mean, I was shocked. I was totally outraged. But in on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, okay, now we know this. So, so you know, Kemp and and, uh, and the Secretary yeah. of State there, they they need to take that because they're going to be in trouble if they don't. The, the people of Georgia are tired of it, and I know that right now they're they're really looking hard at doing an audit in Fulton County, and there's some real, you know, on on uh, on Stacey Abrams. I'll bring her name up. Sure. There's some real evidence that shows. On this, I guess this company that she's part of, or I don't know the, her exact role. Yeah, there's a, Happy, the vendor, Happy Faces, Happy right, Faces. right. Yeah, and come to find out, Happy Faces is in other counties around the country. So I think if you, you know, I mean, if the Department of Justice actually had its act together, which they do not, uh, but something is going to break here because the truth, you know, this one thing I learned in my political persecution, the truth will come out. It will come out, and it is coming out. And and actually, the people of this country. That's all they want. If it was just mistakes made, people will forgive. The American people will forgive mistakes. But if there's corruption, criminal activity, and malfeasance, to use your word, then the American people are not, they're going to be very unforgiving. So it's better to come out sooner than later, because if it comes out later, I'm afraid that, that the American people will, they'll, they'll take actions in their own hands. And, and like 
Like what I'm trying to encourage is local action or the national impact, get involved in your communities. And I'm, That's I'm right. seeing more and more people get involved at the local, you know, township, parishship, and county levels. And American people are not, they're like a pit bull right now on this election integrity issue, and they're not going to let go. One of the things I would tell you, just for your listeners too, after I read those articles, if they haven't read them, read them. I, I, was, I read them and I, I was so upset by what I was reading because I've been following all this and we've been, uh, my, my, uh, my nonprofit, America's Future, right. americasfuture.net is what it is. But we, we are funding through our, through our grant abilities, election integrity. And one of our goals is election integrity. We're actually funding some of the, some of the effort out in Maricopa County. We will likely uh, try to help up in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. And, uh, and Georgia, when it gets going, but all these things are going to happen. These are going to happen, whether they like it or not, whether the Democrats like it or not. So election integrity is not something that's going to go away. And I am not convinced that we're going to have a free and fair election in 2022 unless we get 2020 squared away. That's such an important thing. Leaning into the next yeah. election, we don't have these issues resolved. It's, uh, we it is we have to get it resolved. We have to resolve it. I mean, American people, I, I don't want the American people to feel like you know what? My vote doesn't count, so I'm not going to go vote. That's a I danger, right? To, Isn't that a real danger? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want them to firmly believe in that in the election process. I mean, I'm out and about getting uh, involved in various elections. You know, as a as as Mike Flynn, I'm up. You know, uh, and I'll I'll throw this in at the end here because I know we don't have that much time. But I'm up uh, uh, helping out Fernando Mateo to be the next mayor of New York. Right. City. Today is the primary. Today is the primary. He's go- he's going against a guy that is a publicity stunt. You know. Uh, and and uh, he was a, was a Democrat and then just turned Republican. And I've learned that there's some Democrats actually backing him because they don't want uh, Fernando Mateo to be the next mayor of New York City because he's actually he's a he's a very like he's sort of a Trump like figure, but in the Hispanic community, which is 30 percent of yeah, New York, that's a big population. Yeah, but most of them, the majority of them, are actually registered Democrat because that's the Democrats do a much much better job at registering minority uh, uh, voters and so they're not you know they're not going to come out in droves today in new york city but it's that kind of a thing for the for those for your listeners who are involved in in party politics and particularly in the conservative movement or the republican party we have got to do a better job of registering people and i i think we i think trump really worked hard at that and he brought a lot of hispanic he probably he did got, in fact he did he got the most hispanic votes in the history of any president. He got the most African-Americans votes in the history of any Republican president. And if that's telling, that's why election integrity is such a, is, such, is, is in such a knot right now, because Trump broke all these records yet, you know, he's sitting uh, out in Bedminster right now instead of in, in the Oval Office. So yeah. it, it, something's not right, John. Something's not right. So I, I'm out there, uh, you know, politicking for people who I think are leaders. Not politicians, and this guy Matteo Fernando Matteo is, is a leader, and not a politician. And uh, because if, if when we talk about bellwethers, and I'll and I'll stop here in ten seconds here, when we talk about bellwether locations, New York City is a bellwether for the nation. If New York City continues for eight more years under Democratic leadership, the nation is at risk. Our nation is at risk, and, and it's at risk to to uh, be, be uh, subsumed by Marxism and communism. New York City is a shell right now, and the crime rates are out of control. And, uh, and this guy, Fernando Mateo, is, is backed by the police, is backed by all of the various immigrant communities up there, as well as the 
Hispanic community. He's just got to get through this primary, uh, which is a funny primary because there's only going to be about 50,000 people that vote, right. yeah, which, is, which, is, which is outrageous. It's outrageous. You yeah, know? no, it is. So you can can't tell. complain. It you is. can't complain anymore about politicians, John. they got to go and get involved. That's right. Yep. Your vote matters and uh, it makes a difference. And uh, so does all your public service. It's, it, we are honored by all you continue to do. You took a big political licking unfairly, but, you know, you came right back and, and continued the work that you always were doing for your country. And I know our country is grateful for that. And I'm, I'm grateful for all the time you spent with us today, General. It's always great to have you on this show. Thank you, John, at any time. And I really appreciate your listeners and everything that you do with uh, with your great, great uh, journalistic, your personal journalistic ability. Thank but you. As well as the news that you're putting out through your, your terrific Just the News uh, outlet. And uh, it, it, if it's not the most widely read, it needs to be because it's oh, thank you. journalism. Uh, I'm grateful that you said that. And as my first editor said, you're only as good as your next story. So I got to get back to finding a story. (laughs) (laughs) General, God bless you, man. Have a great one. And thank you for your time today. God bless you. You too. God bless. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we're done, we're going to wrap things up for the day. All right. Okay. All right, guys. We're going to wrap things up with a quick commercial break. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was the show for tonight. Great conversation there with General Flynn. Yes, the man is a taka. He most definitely does spill the beans. I know he's got plenty of beans to spill. One of these days, he's going to say, roll that beautiful bean footage uh, to whomever might be at the projector screen. But uh, yeah, all across the board, all the elections are coming to head as far as the audits are concerned. We'll see. We had some interesting conversation. Good chat over on Twitch in the last 30 minutes to an hour or so. Thanks to Katie Man 63 Good chat happening over in the Foxhole app. Uh, uh, so this was a weird uh, Putin, especially when we're talking about Putin. And Katie Man brought to my attention that uh, whenever Putin does an annual address to his citizens, he answers their questions and it can last for hours, which to me is kind of like, wow. Uh, you don't hear about too many world leaders that do that kind of thing. So I'm kind of thinking, guys, we may actually go ahead and air that most recent in-depth interview that uh, was done with President uh, Putin of Russia and some American outlet. Uh, I don't know if it was NBC or ABC, one of those two. They had a British guy who's standing in for them. Very interesting interview. Again, like when we're talking about Russia, You know, I'm thinking these are the guys that tossed out the oligarchs. Uh, You know, these are the guys that uh, basically control their country, as everyone has kind of um, alluded to in both chats. You know, uh, Trump respected Putin, but Trump is also the only one that Putin really respects. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, The guy is a class act, if you ask me. But um, we may play that. Okay, so I'm going to need to find some time. To where we can play because I can see about five to six watch parties coming up now, including Putin and then all of the hearings. We'll see if we can get her done. Um, and and you know, and then we can just have a good time in the chat room, uh, hanging out and watching those videos together. Um, and I think that would be great. That was a C, even Tam Grell. Hey, Tam Grell, what's up? Tam Grell says that was a great interview with Putin. So I think we should play it. I think we should play it. I don't think everyone got to see it. Uh, Some people say that they'll probably scrub that interview at some point. So we'll probably do that hopefully in the upcoming week. Now, before we hop out of here today, just some quick uh, housekeeping. Uh, I want to thank 
Pilled by the Rabbit for four times the cookies. Napkinator 79 for the shades. Belushi for the can. Quite refreshing, my friend. Uh, Deja Vu Q for the 600 gold pill bounce. Uh, I see clearly for the 100. Blonde Blue Lady Q for the shades. And thank you, Do, for that as well. Speaking easy with a thousand upgrade. Thank you, sir. And also 17 Angels for the cookie. Blonde Blue ADQ coming back with the shades and 17 Angels with a 300 pill upgrade. Thank you guys for the donations here to the Sea Report. Now, also by way of tomorrow's episode, uh, I, I, I already talked to you guys about this a little bit. Um, my, well, I will be, I'll be with my family. My sister will be, um, having, uh, eye surgery tomorrow. So again, um, I may or may not be on tomorrow. If I am on, it should be about 7.30 PM central time, Texas time. Um, otherwise if I don't make it for that, I maybe I'll try and do a, a late, late night report or just maybe chat and hang out with you guys. We'll see what's up. Um, but, uh, just definitely, ch I would say, Pay attention to Pilled. Uh, if you don't have me on Pilled.net, look for me there. Uh, and then, you know, click the bell or follow or subscribe or whatever it is, whatever term you prefer to use. I, it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but that way you can get the updates. And I think also Foxhole will update you uh, once I schedule in a show. Uh, but uh, there should always be information there. Um, I don't have any, like, uh, up to the minute, like, you know, because the C-Report's not on any other social media. So I don't have any, like up to the minute where you can find information out about Mr. C when we're going live, etc. But uh, if all goes well tomorrow, I should be on at 7.30 PM. So we'll see how that goes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, and then also some people were talking about uh, President Trump speaking this weekend. Yes, he will be in Ohio. Uh, that's Wellington, Ohio, this Saturday, June 26th at 7 PM. Uh, doors open at 2 PM. I don't know if tickets are still available for that. But uh, it should be a pretty good rally. It's going to be his first post-presidential, pre-presidential, optically not seated in the House presidential uh, rally. So that should be a pretty good time. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, all of you all have a good night. Katieman63, thank you for holding down the fort over there at Twitch. And, of course, all of my friends and family over at Foxhole. Uh, real quick, Just V, Pilled by the Rabbit, Blonde Blue Lady Q, Tam Growl, Gina Knight, Looking Up, Joy for Trump, Patriot Cores. I'm not going to get to all of y'all, but <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you again for the gold pills. Um, we'll recap this chat tomorrow. Don't worry, guys. This way I don't miss you all. But uh, we will most definitely try and be in the house. Let me go ahead and release the lotto ticket for you guys. Boom. Lotto has been released. I'm kind of curious to see if I can play too. I've seen other content creators play this. So let me see if I can play also. Man, it doesn't look like I can play. Boo, boo, boo. Oh, wait. Hey, we already released this. I, I released the ticket, didn't I? Lotto is released. Okay. Oh, is this it? Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> is that fair? Is that cheating? I don't know. I got six gold pills. Okay, let's, let's do it again. Oh, my goodness. What is this? Okay. Dang it. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. <laughs> 
I'll throw them back at you guys. I'll throw them back at you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. And uh, yep, have a great night. <laughs> I'm out, guys. This was a great show. Thank you very much. And we'll see you tomorrow.